1: Fox News lost to CNN. That's right. Sorry, Brian Kilmeade. Uh, Your ratings in the key demo are lower than that of Anderson Cooper's. CNN, they must be screaming and celebrating and high fiving each other after this major blunder. Tucker Carlson's out. The ratings for the 8 p.m. slot on Fox News have dropped by about 50%, and in the key demo, they've fallen to third place. Now, to be fair, they're still winning. In terms of general audience, but from 3.3 million viewers down to 1.7 and in the key demo, less than CNN. Wow. Talk about embarrassing. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that story. Plus, we got a bunch of other politi- political stuff happening, but we'll just jump to it. Before we get started, however, my friends, head over to Timcast.com. Become a member to support our work directly by clicking that join us button and you'll get access to our members only discord server where you can hang out with like-minded individuals. And you will also get access to the members only uncensored show Monday through Thursday at about 10:10 PM. They go live on the front page of the website. And if you sign up for at least six months or at the $25 per month level, you can submit questions and potentially be a caller Coming onto the show and hanging out with us and asking us questions. We do about four or five every night. It's the most fun, I say. And so we really do appreciate your support. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share this show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about this and so much more is Steve Krakauer. Hey, man. Great to be here. Appreciate it. A-
2: absolutely. Who are you? What do you do? Yeah, so I'm a journalist. I've had a lot of different jobs over the last uh, 15 years or so. Most recently, I just wrote a book, Uncovered How the Media Got Cozy with Power abandoned its principles and lost the people, tracks how corporate media just completely went off the rails over the last seven years, and, uh, and you know, really tried to uh, interview a bunch of people, not just my opinion, but uh, talked to 25 people on the record. Uh, everyone's on the record, no anonymous sources, including people like Tucker Carlson, reporters at uh, the New York Times and other places. Uh, and you can follow my, my media uh, writing uh, on a, every weekly basis, uh, fourthwatch.media at Substack. And uh, my day job, I Normally, I spend my time as the executive producer of Megyn Kelly's show.
1: Oh, wow. Well, there you go. That's a lot of stuff. That's interesting, uh, considering the media is collapsing. Yeah. ABC News uh, is getting rid of Nate Silver. BuzzFeed News is gone. Don Lemon's gone. And Tucker. So thanks for hanging out, man. This should be fun. Uh, Happy happy to be here. really honored. Right on. We got the uh, potato man himself. This is unbelievable. I'm I'm just going to get up and leave at some point. It's going to be Kanye all over again. I thought thought that was your thing. I thought you liked being called the potato man.
3: I've, I've told you repeatedly never to address me in such a manner again. And I'm constantly insulted. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Seamus Coglin. I run a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes, where we make animated cartoons. We're going to be releasing one tomorrow about the Tucker Carlson saga. I also run a podcast on Rumble. It's called Shamer. If you all want to go check that out. And uh, I look in, I, I'm just looking forward to the show and to schooling Tim with some facts and logic about his anti-Irish bigotry and having a great conversation with everybody else. I am Irish. And yet you're self-hating. It's a sad thing. Adrian Norman's back.
4: What's up, guys? Adrian Norman, your staff writer at TimCast. And not Ian. Ian's not here. <laughs> I'm, I'm Black Ian. Black Ian. All yeah. right.
1: We'll go with that one. Adrian. <laughs> it's almost in there. Ian's in there oh somewhere. Oh, my gosh. That's true. <laughs> and then we got Search pressing the buttons. What's up, guys? Surge.com. Uh Excited for today. be fun. All right. Let's jump into this first story from Mediaite. Cable news ratings Tuesday, April 25th. Fox News wins 8 p.m. in total viewers, but lands third in demo. I love how they kind of bury the lead. You'd think they'd headline this similarly to what we did. Check it out. The hour hosted by Brian Kilmeade and Fox News brought in 1.7 million viewers, which beat Chris Hayes' 1.45, and Anderson Cooper landed in third with 678,000. What they're not telling you is that Tucker Carlson, just this past week was averaging three point three million viewers, meaning Fox News lost nearly half of their audience when they got rid of Tucker Carlson. And uh, okay, I think Tucker's happy. I saw a video of him riding around in a golf cart, a golf cart with his wife, laughing. So he's probably like, "Great, I can start my own company, and make a ton of money." Here's what gets interesting, though. If we jump down to the key demo viewership, take a look at this. If we go to the uh, eight p.m. Fox News Tonight. 149,000 viewers in the key demo, Anderson Cooper and MSNBC both beat Fox News. That is just laughably embarrassing. I mean, look at this. Jesse Waters beats both CNN and MSNBC. And then at 8 p.m. CNN and MSNBC beat Fox News. Chris Hayes has beaten Fox News.
2: Embarrassing. (laughs) Chris Hayes and Anderson Cooper. I mean this is this is honestly a disaster. We should point out a demo, you know, the A25, 25 to 54 year olds. That's what the ad sales are are based on. It's not total viewers is great. Obviously you want a big number of total viewers, but in terms of the the traditional legacy media that these these cable networks are, all that matters is the demo number. And that demo number, it, last week Tucker Carlson was I mean 400, 500,000. I mean that that's as typical Hundred and sixty thousand? That is insane. And 50, it's not hundred forty nine thousand. Yeah, hundred forty nine and it's not just even the eight PM hour. It's dragging down nine PM with Sean Hannity and ten PM. It's it's a massive, massive problem. So
1: I, I got a question for you though. I don't know if you have the experience in here. If I were to have bought an ad on Fox News and I was like, we want it to run Monday at eight PM and they went, You got it, and then they removed Tucker, I get my money back, right?
2: That's a good question. If you bought it specifically for Tucker, yeah. Do you now get it? That's a good question. In fact, now that it's not called Tucker Carlson tonight, that may be your, your way of getting it back because now they oh now it's Fox News tonight or whatever they're calling it in the interim. Uh, yeah. No. Look, this is this is a disaster. I mean, obviously Tucker leaving is one thing. Tucker is going to be fine. I mean, we we we've been kind of. I mean, everyone in the media is we text and direct message. It's like the talk of what does Tucker Carlson do next? He will eventually do something next. He's obviously under contract right now. He can't even talk, but he will. Eventually, do something next. But what happens with Fox? This is not the same as what happened. I would say when Bill O'Reilly left, or when other top stars left. Tucker Carlson is a singular voice and an incredibly important
1: voice in this particular moment, and and they lose that, and, and that is going to have a massive I,
2: reverberations.
1: I just want to make sure we don't leave out our good friend Cuomo, who scored twenty six thousand viewers in the key demo. Holy crap! And then um, Cuomo, eleven p.m. Get this, eight. Eight thousand in the demo, yeah. Eight eight thousand. Holy crap! He probably made a whole twenty bucks off Killing that it. show.
2: That's that's dude. Over the if if, yeah. if
1: I made a YouTube video that only got eight thousand views, I think it would make like twenty dollars. <laughs> that's that's nuts to me. In in total, to be fair, in total viewership, Cuomo got one hundred fifty-six thousand, and then Cuomo at eleven p.m. got eighty thousand. Oh, how the mighty have fallen, Cuomo. I guess whatever. But I think I think Tucker Carlson's probably gonna you know. He's gonna launch his own network or something. You were saying that there was like some kind of rumor about why he got fired because like he was he was hitting on Mur- well not really but Mur- no Mur- yeah
3: hold on this is how rumors <laughs> get started man this is not what he said this is not what he said what did he say uh, that Rupert Murdoch's Well, actually, this is gossip. I couldn't even tell you. But basically, I'll let you tell the story. It has been reported. In
2: fact, it was reported even before Monday when this all, you know, shit hit the fan and Tucker was gone, that Rupert, he had dinner with Rupert Murdoch and Rupert is now now ex-fiance, who apparently the reporting is, you know, from weeks ago. Again, this is not related to Tucker getting fired. The reporting is that the fiance was like obsessed with Tucker Carlson, called him like this gift from God. And as we, the only reason Tucker Carlson is no longer on the air at Fox is because Rupert Murdoch soured on him for one reason or another. Who knows exactly what that reason is? But was that part of the tension in the relationship was the, <laughs> the experience of Tucker himself and, and whether he's the uh, gift from God or not? I don't know.
3: The Chad Tucker Carlson and the like soy jack Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> be a million soy different jack. memes of this. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So he decided to get rid of him, I guess. I wonder if it's also because it's not so much about the relationship. I mean, the dude's like 92 years old, but maybe that him hearing her say this, he's like, this man is becoming bigger than my own company. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, Fox News is me, not Tucker. No, we're getting rid of him. And so, but that's such a bad
3: solution, right? Instead of continuing to make money off of him, I'll just let him go make money without me. It yeah, should have you,
4: been, let, you, let, you essentially let your ego kind of destroy the company. I mean, yep. th- those are big shoes to fill. Who's going to step in and be able to fill that time slot and be able to bring the presence and the gravitas that Tucker brings?
3: Nobody. You know what? I think that they're going to try to... Brian in the kill run. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's clearly <laughs> cool, he's knocking it out of the park. Give him, give him some time. I mean, I, I feel bad for anyone who gets put in that time slot.
1: We were talking about this before the show. Well, it's own no fault for taking it. Yeah. Dude, if, if I was like... If I was contracted at Fox News, Hannity or Ingram or anybody, and they were like, you're doing 8 p.m., I'd be like, hell no, I'm not. Are you crazy? Especially you, not now, yeah. Yeah, everybody's ragging on Brian Kilmeade. Nobody cared about Kilmeade before this, mm-hmm. but now that he took Tucker Tucker's time slot, everybody's making fun of him. Yeah. It's just like, dude, you get dead air. You get nothing at 8 p.m. because nobody wants to, to take that spot because if, if Tucker was like, I'm leaving the network, people would be sad. But the fact that they unceremoniously removed him and it may be because Murdoch was jealous. <laughs> now that? it's mega cringe to try and take his time slot. I, well,
3: I sort of wonder, too,
1: if they're going to try to replace
3: him with, with some kind of bad boy-esque figure since Tucker was the anti-establishment guy, but someone who's still brand safe and doesn't push Fox in a direction that they're
1: uncomfortable Who going in. Who do they have possibly have They could do
3: that? I don't know. Some, some young upstart that they find. Guys, if you wanna find me uh, your <laughs> oh, Rumble, that, you know, I can t- no I'm totally kidding. The, I, would never, whole, I would never I would never be
1: allowed on Fox the whole dude. executive office at Fox is busting out laughing. <laughs> <and> saying,
3: oh, <laughs> I busted out laughing. Right, look at this go. guy, look at all you can't, here. You cannot hire me, I don't apply. Uh, but yeah. I, I really do wonder what they're going to try to do because obviously this guy's going to have to get taken out of the the spot. He's not going to perform well.
1: But I wonder if there's, there's another element that people are saying they're get, they're removing him right before the election kicks off, mm. right? Trump's running. DeSantis is probably going to start running. They just changed that law in Florida, I think. What is it? The the rain to run or whatever it's called? Mm. Yeah. Where you have to resign. They got rid of that, didn't they? Yeah.
4: Well, um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah, it seems like DeSantis is going to run and Tucker is a powerful voice propping up
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at
2: ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh,
2: Tucker is, look, it, I mean, I've interviewed Tucker Carlson for about seven or eight times over the course of the last 15 years. I've known him since 2008. He is, you know, in, in my book, Uncovered, he talks to me about the fact that he was Hunter Biden's neighbor. I mean, this is a guy who was in the establishment in that way, uh, was, was, I mean, he, the first chapter of the book is about Hunter Biden's laptop. Tucker tells me, "I knew it was real from the minute I saw it because I have emails with me and Hunter Biden talking oh, about wow. trying to get sober." Yeah. So, he was so he in, was in world. The, he was in the laptop. He was in that world. He was in the laptop. Yes, in wow. that the world, in the laptop, you know, a guy who who knew the Biden family. I mean, he tells me in the book that He knew Biden has dementia because he's heard from Biden's family that he had dementia. This was before he ran. So this is a guy who was in that world and then became the turncoat in a lot of the same ways that Trump did in the New York media scene. And so you're not going to be able to find that. You're not going to be able to get the guy who knew what was going on in D.C., who knows all the same people and can expose that, the left and the right. I mean, he goes after the right harder than anyone else on Fox. And if you're looking for a reason why you want a guy like that to not be on the air for the next year, which is like the length of his contract, there, there's your reason. I mean, he, he is someone who's a total differentiator from the
4: establishment voice that's on the right or, or anywhere else. And he's a threat station. to the entire establishment, left and yeah. right. He, he's done it in the segments on COVID, on military policy, on the expansion of government throughout the years. I mean, he's a guy that can sort of bring down the entire house, just like Donald Trump. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot about China, too, that the media generally doesn't want to go near.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, in the Dominion texts that came out, which were embarrassing for sure for, for for Fox. I mean, obviously, they settled the Dominion lawsuit. The texts come out. He's really rough on Trump. I mean, he's calling him like this evil guy, essentially. And he was, this was the post-election period. And, and these all come out. You would think, oh, that, that should be embarrassing. And then two weeks ago, he's sitting down with Trump for an hour-long interview in Mar-a-Lago and, and praising him in some ways and pushing him in other ways. But this is a guy who can do, can do both those things. He can be critical. He can be, he has the credibility. Trump, it will go. I mean, he, he was just interviewed about it. What, what do you think about Tucker losing his job? He's sitting there praising him. This is a guy who's calling him essentially evil in these text messages that are coming out in the wake of the 2020 election. So you lose something massive by not having a voice like that. A guy who can, it, it really cannot be replaced. I mean, the, the, the legacy media industry is, it, every single day, even if they were doing everything right, Less and less people are watching traditional TV. Less and less people are yeah. are finding that. So when you're not going to maximize the time you have left by getting someone who is a star, a bona fide star, and you take
1: them off the air, you, you're you're really just you're you're it's the end of it. Please. Ladies and gentlemen, just a few moments ago, around the start of this show, Tucker Carlson posted a video on Twitter that says, "Good evening." I have no idea what he's going to say, so I hope we don't get banned. Here's what he said.
5: It's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's gotta be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue. And so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, They become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink, and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. And uh, he, was, he was talking about us.
1: That was uh, all yep. about Jim kessler Yeah, where, where can you find the truth? It's, it's right here. Was this, he in you a
5: sauna?
1: That's his studio, I'm pretty sure. I think it's in <laughs> yeah. Maine or something like that. So uh, that was awesome um, to hear from him. He's right about all of that. And it's really amazing to see that he's become this like populist. You know, there's yeah. that viral meme we played last night where it shows him in the political compass for a- 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 authoritarian right. And he's like, the more that they have you talking about race, the less the less time spent is spent asking about class. Why rich people? And then it shows him like shifting to the left and starts playing this communist anthem. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you guys think, man? Uh, it, it was fairly vague. I know that he can't say a whole lot because he's, he's going through that contract stuff.
4: I mean, I think is pretty—it's uh, pretty on brand for how he's been for the last God knows how many years. I mean, it's just—it's classic Tucker, um, without the, the high-pitched laughter. But I mean, I think it's—it's—it's it's, it's, again, maybe he's just sort of trying to flex a little bit and show that he's going to be fine and be able to to, to operate on his own yeah. without having to to go to a network. I mean, who's going to write? Good
5: evening, it's Tucker Carlson. <laughs> just One of the first started things...
4: automatically playing again. <laughs> like, who's who's going to write him a check? Who, who can afford to pay him? I mean, is is boring to offer him five hundred million dollars to come over to Daily Wire? Like, yeah. his best move is. To sort of do his thing, and I, I think we'll probably see more content coming out just independently from him because he's able to do it. And like you said earlier, he he built Daily Caller, yeah, and he's perfectly capable of building another network and, and being his own man and not having to be a slave to any anybody I mean, affiliated with the establishment.
1: Does does he still own the Daily Caller or something?
4: Like? He sold out. He I sold Pretty yeah. so, Recently, yeah, pretty yeah. recently.
2: No, I mean, but well, first of all, this is just like the quintessential Tucker Carlson, right? It's 8 p.m. when his show starts, when Brian Kilmeade is filling in for him and no (laughs) one's watching. And he (laughs) drops this on Twitter and gets everyone
1: talking about it.
2: That's Um, awesome.
5: He's already
1: got almost more viewers than Kilmeade. He's got one hundred seven thousand views on this one video he just posted. I mean, that's the thing about the internet versus TV. Anyway, you get more views on a snippet little video. He could put up a video on TikTok and get more views.
3: Yeah, absolutely, uh, Tucker. And that's what I think his next movie is. He's going to start doing TikTok dances and stuff. All right, that's what it's about yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's what we we've, we've all wanted to see is is hope for. Yeah, he's already got two hundred forty two thousand four hundred views. Oh my god, on it's, this video, geez. and uh, I'm assuming it's Twitter, so it's mostly key demo. Right. And Brian Kilmeade only got 149. I feel bad for Kilmeade, man. I got no beef. You know, but like, but, what are you
2: doing? But this is also like the shift, right? You I mean, yes, traditional ratings. There's not exactly apples to apples with, with views on, on YouTube or Twitter or whatever. But... That that is a, a very very small number. I mean, it not, wasn't that long ago that that three million number at Fox was five million. Uh, yeah. You know, we're talking about five years ago. I mean, it was just the the way the audience is shifting is is happening. But but yeah, look, Tucker started Daily Caller in between his time at MSNBC, MSNBC which is you know kind of funny to think he was a host on MSNBC. He gave Rachel Maddow her start. I mean, this is a guy who has had a very fascinating career starts daily caller I, I remember I interviewed him in 2010 he had bought keithoberman.com he he found out that keithoberman.com was was available for sale <laughs> and so he buys it he he gets the email address keith at keithoberman.com and just to to fuck with keith he like he he starts emailing people as if he's keith Olbermann to start scaring people I interviewed him about it and he's just talking about how he's the most hated man in the building I mean this is keith is still at MSNBC so he just uses it he's, he's funny he's smart he's different and uh, look, I mean, apparently now he's he's free to at least drop
1: some videos every now and then. So. Did, w- w- did you hear this thing about this woman accusing him of sexism? Yeah, she was. His, his old Booker said that he he like he and others destroyed her. We have this story from the Post Millennial. I saw this on Twitter. Ex producer suing Tucker Carlson has never even met him. <laughs> what the? How do they hire these people? Yeah, like does does Fox have like a vetting process where they're just like right this way, sir, and walk through the door, and that's it? <laughs> They're like, do you agree with us? We don't know. Okay, well, come on
2: in. This person has apparently, according to her interview with MSNBC yesterday, has 90 tapes, has spent her entire career apparently at Fox just recording people ready to drop this. (laughs) Uh, Yes, never met Tucker Carlson, really has no real beef with Tucker personally as, as trying to make it about Tucker's staff and the culture that he's started there. I think she, you know, potentially has him on tape saying some things that are, you know, Sexist or whatever she wants to to, to try to portray there. Uh, she also I don't buy it. No,
1: no, no. Of, of did, did you did you see those? Uh, they're saying they got secret recordings of Ted Cruz. Oh yeah, I think from her saying. Yeah, what? And, and and Ted Cruz, he's he's saying something. Yeah, probably he's talking yeah. to Maria Bartiromo, and he's like, he says something to the effect of, "If there's gonna be some kind of challenge to the election, then you've got to have an actually an actual sanctioned commission that reviews the evidence, and then if the evidence is there, you present it." That's what he says, and the left is like, he's trying to overthrow the election. It's like, it sounds like Ted Cruz is trying to stop them from doing it, being like, no, 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 you got to go through the formal formal process and get a, a, a commission set up before you can do any of this. And they're they're using Ted Cruz resisting this stuff as yeah. evidence he was in favor of it. Yeah, honestly, you just to stick with Tucker for a second. The the person who was
2: the strongest against the election fraud stuff on the air at Fox Tucker. was Tucker Carlson. Right. Mean, he he did a 15 minute monologue that was really powerful that just completely obliterated Sidney Powell. Why won't Sidney Powell come on my show and talk about this? I'll give her the whole night. I'll give her the whole week. She won't come on. We've asked for evidence. She won't show it. We're telling you this because it's true. I mean, that's the yep. kind of person he was. And, and all, separate from that, just the entire, we're still seeing this now, it's three years later, everything that can be part of the, what I would call the Trump addiction in the corporate media, which I, I think all of this election stuff is. they are gonna try to make the story of Ted Cruz's comment that's like the most Ted Cruz thing possible. I mean, yeah. it's just like this lawyer who's talking about, oh, yeah. well, you know, like-
1: You gotta I mean, have a commission.
2: <laughs> like, oh, yeah, he's trying,
3: yeah, he's oh, trying yeah. to yeah, insurrectionist. Like, he's, he's literally describing a process. <laughs> well, like, he wants
0: to take over the government. <laughs>
1: uh, like, okay, he's-, he's demanding hard evidence mm-hmm. and a formal hearing to over to look at the evidence. Yeah, and their immediate response is it was a coup attempt. Yep,
2: right. But this is why people don't trust the the corporate media. I mean, it's it's honestly, I I, I write about this a lot in in Uncovered. It's like the, there's there starts with the seed of something, whether it's you know the Steele dossier, Russia Gate. The media covers something in a specific way. I call it glance journalism. Like you you get it at the glance, an initial story, and then they just move on to the next thing. And and they never go back and start to correct it they're they're so addicted to to Trump and to anything that's kind of the ancillary the January 6th or the election fraud stuff so addicted to it and the average american left right or center is not in that same mindset i mean they are not just completely addicted in the way that the, these media people are i i've talked to people that uh could not sleep that had to take pills because they were were just just so overcome with with this feeling that they're in this existential fight with Donald Trump during the Trump presidency and 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 it made them completely put the guardrails of journalism out when they tried to to try to take him down and it was so obvious to the audience and to this day i mean they have not learned a single lesson
1: no i think they were driven insane yeah and i don't think it was trump i think it was social media algorithms because There's there's no real reason to be so mad at Trump. Yeah. Like any reasonable person who is like, man, like if you were looking at Trump and you genuinely didn't like him because you like didn't like his policies or his attitude, you wouldn't be screaming that he was Hitler. You would just be like, "Ah, I don't like this guy. Yeah. They got driven to the extreme end because the Internet was screaming as loud as possible in their faces. Exactly. So,
3: for example, with somebody like Joe Biden. I mean, I detest absolutely everything the man stands for. I don't have to take sleeping pills because he's <laughs> the president. It's, right. it's insane to have such a small, petty outlook on life. My goal is to go after this person and take them down. For some bizarre reason, they saw him as the embodiment of every principle that they hated, despite the fact that he was basically a New York Democrat in many ways, at least with respect to his economic policy decision making. He was more socially conservative, but even there, he was like somewhere between center right and centrist. This was not something far right political leader and even if he was to be even if he was you know on the actual right by american standards or far right or however they would have defined it to not be able to sleep over the guy
1: you're out of your mind let's talk about let's talk about some presidential prospects from the post millennial, we have this story greg gutfeld jokes tucker carlson carlson will run for president after leaving fox news granted he's joking he said in 2024 it would be uh, susan rice versus tucker carlson and uh, then you can see that uh, post has got some, some what is that, CSS code or something? That's yeah. just, I'm going to highlight that so that Libby's season goes, God, crap. Libby, what are you doing? <laughs> the Gottfeld host made the comments while appearing on Fox News, The Five, alongside other Fox personalities. The panelists then brought up Democrat Susan Rice, President Biden's White House domestic policy advisor, who announced she would be departing from her post on Monday, which had the Fox News personalities predicting she would be a contender in the 2024 election. So he's kind of joking, but kind of not. And I'm wondering now, somebody... So the conversation is, is Trump-Carlson 2024... But then there was a question. I don't know if it was, was you were asking it, Adrian DeSantis, yeah. Carlson, maybe? <laughs> here's, that'd,
4: be, that'd be a ticket.
1: Now, here's
3: the thing. If the Republican primary is between DeSantis, Carlson, and Trump, I'm a happy man, right? If these are the kinds of candidates <laughs> yeah. we're getting. Because look at what it was back in 2016, right? Trump was the only person who had politics well, that were remotely interesting on. besides, we were, I guess, Ron Paul. We, we boy, almost like, Iran, had.
1: Sorry. We were very, very close to fixing the system and getting everything done
4: right
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Jeb, <laughs> exactly, with Jeb. Jeb.
3: But you look, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you knew where I was all, going. All, Is that it? all we have had for for years and years, decades, are these boring establishment candidates who just want to go along with whatever. But we their got that name of them.
1: Jeb. With the entire map turning yellow. I for don't Jeb. disagree that it we should have picked Jeb, but we missed our <laughs> opportunity. But
3: it, to be real, to be real, Jeb is the one that got away. There's no getting yeah. Jeb back. Yeah, He's gone. Over. He's out of our life. I
2: thought where you were going with that was being serious about it. Because honestly, we almost got Trump versus Bernie in twenty twenty. Oh, right. And and yeah, seriously I, I mean I, I like it's it's still amazing to me that we didn't get Bernie. Bernie was Clearly uh, the front
1: runner. Bernie was leading the charge against the Democrat establishment and then got to the DNC, stopped, turned around and said, you are all trespassing and you must leave. (laughs) So it was like, he let everyone there and then just immediately joined with Hillary. And then he was like, if you want to be a millionaire, you write a book. Yeah, but that's 2016.
2: In 2020, he was, I mean, they went to Nevada and I I read about this uncovered. MSNBC, Joy Reid, people like that, went after Bernie Sanders, went Chris Matthews, when he was still back on the air before he got me would they, <laughs> they went completely all in on Joe Biden because they needed to stop him. In the same way that Mayor Pete and Amy Klobuchar dropped, dropped down, out yeah, and then endorsed Biden. Right, right before yep. Super Tuesday. I mean, these people were contenders. I mean, not huge contenders, but they, they all galvanized in the same way the politics did, the, the media this is, did.
1: This is the best thing. This is the best thing. Hear here, here, here this, my friends. So Buttigieg drops out of the race, endorses Joe Biden. Why? It's obvious they were siphoning away votes. They were breaking the, the, the moderate vote. Yep. And Bernie was then taking the lead. If Klobuchar, Buttigieg, if they drop out and endorse Biden, Biden gets a big bump, beats Bernie Sanders. Mm. Likely what happens is that Joe Biden goes to them and says, I will make you a deal. Pete, you drop out. We got a job for you. Mm-hmm. He says, OK, you got it. How about something cushy, a do-nothing job like transportation secretary? <laughs> you don't have
0: to
3: pay attention to you don't anything gotta there. Do, what, are you gonna, what is it?
1: <laughs> and, and Pete's like, so you're saying I don't have to do any work? It's like, what's the job? <laughs> you you look at a screen and some trucks driving by, you don't got to do anything. Nobody pays attention. When was the last time you saw a transportation secretary on TV? And now look where we are yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. but for real that's probably what happened oh yeah yeah so he drops out they're like it's the job is yours and then a train blows up and he's like not there well i, I thought this was supposed to be an easy job what's going on here? No.
3: i also think this is not um necessarily an original insight other people have said this this is something dave smith has said before too but There is something to be said about the fact that the way Bernie treated the people he was running against didn't really match his rhetoric about the fact that they were screwing the working class, right? Trump's treatment of other political leaders matches his rhetoric on how he feels about political leaders. He's not nice to them. And then Bernie Sanders gets on stage, he's like, oh, well, of course, I love these people. They are my best friends. And it's like, okay, well, you're not exactly selling to people that you genuinely want to fight them. but also. What did Bernie do? He endorsed Hillary. And yeah. then he endorsed Joe Biden. So they knew they could take it from him. Donald Trump wasn't going to endorse any other Republican if he didn't get the right, nomination. I know. So he they knew they time, had yeah. to give it to him. The, the
1: way I like to describe it is there's a big ivory tower, and Bernie comes from the left up the hill with a bunch of angry, you know, leftists, and then Trump comes up on the right with a bunch of angry, angry right wingers, and then they're both standing on each side, and the the elites are looking down like, oh, what do we do? What do we do? And then Bernie is like I am humbly asking that you open the door. <laughs> and then they're like, okay. And they knock, let knock. Bernie in. <laughs> knock, knock. And, and then Bernie's like, I'm going to go inside real quick and, uh, and work something out with them. And then next thing you know, Bernie's sticking his head out the window being like, get out of here. Get. Outta-. But then Trump kicks the door in and just starts rampaging through the halls like a bull. It's an yeah. insurrection, and they're freaking out. And they're like, "It's, it's <laughs> insurrection! It's oh, insurrection! Help us! Help us!"
3: And then and Tucker Carlson releases the security camera footage of what happened <laughs> after they broke down the door of the castle. Yeah.
1: And then Bernie's running away with them. Yeah, it's like, Ber- like the the Bernie m- becoming a millionaire is the perfect example of what's wrong with Bernie Sanders. Yes. When when he, he has what four houses? Three three something houses? Something like that. Yeah. What three? was his
2: recent book? His book was like, "Why It's Wrong to Be a Millionaire," or something like that. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> he stopped saying millionaires. Yep when he became yeah. one right?
1: Yeah, he yeah, was a yeah, like, the millionaires and the billionaires then he became a millionaire and he stopped saying it and I'm like Bernie you don't have to stop saying it because you're rich there are people of 999 million dollars right. uh-huh. you can make that point but he's a, he's a grifter yeah. so that was it yep. talk about a letdown well he said
3: look when you write a best-selling book you could be a millionaire too as if the publishing industry doesn't follow the same mechanisms that socialists criticize in other industries like well what about the logger who cut down the trees that was that were then turned into the paper bernie and what about the people operating the printing press like why don't they all get an equal share in the profits of your book
1: the world socialist website called bernie sanders a nationalist capitalist <laughs> no joke what hey, is it the world socialist website called Bernie Sanders oh, a nationalist man. capitalist. Wow. Because he's in favor of capital capitalist structures, even though he's fair he's far left, he mm-hmm. still is yeah. talking about capital structures and he wants to secure the borders so that he can protect workers. He had a quote at a rally where he said, "'We can't have open borders. "'My God, the people, they would all just flood in.'" Right. And then they were like, "'How dare you, you nationalist capitalist.'" Didn't he call it a Koch brothers scheme? In 2015, he said Open Borders is a Koch Brothers proposal to get cheap labor.
3: I mean, it's, it's amazing to me how Democrats claim they're in favor of unions. They know that a scab entering into a workplace when they're not a member of a union could drive wages down. But when you place that or abstract that onto a national scale they're unwilling to recognize that that's true. Well, wait a minute. What about like the literal union that we call like the United States of America? Don't you think someone entering into our union who isn't playing by the same rules and isn't becoming a registered member, taking jobs might lower average wages for the people who are already in the country?
2: But for whatever reason, the principle stops operating there. Yeah, that's why immigration honestly was the biggest issue, you know, cross party for donald Mm -hmm. trump i think um but honestly like i I hate to go back to tucker again but another thing he said it's like even trump gets in there and yes he was totally anti-establishment anti-elite that's what got him in but tucker told me for the book that you know he gets in there and he puts steve mnuchin in treasury or or a lot of the people that he put in these positions a lot of the things that he said and this is some of the things that tucker has been critical of trump about more recently is when he actually got in there you still you okay you drain the swamp all that and yes, he, was, he said the right things, but ultimately, how did he govern? There's still some criticism there. And actually, I think like a candidate who really wants to go after Trump for from the right, mm. like at DeSantis, I don't know if he's got it in him, would be to say, well, you got in there, COVID, whatever else, you know, border, did you actually do what you said you were gonna do and, and break up the, the
1: actual you know, elite establishment that you, that you claim to be doing? Somewhat, but only a little bit yeah. and not enough. right? Not enough, but uh, enough to where I'm looking forward to Trump getting revenge. With Schedule F, yeah, and I, and I think what really makes this work is if Trump just had his term and then lost, and there was no Russia Gate and there was no impeachment and all that stuff, I wouldn't know if I'd be so enthused. I'd be like, well, you know, we had Trump. Like maybe DeSantis is going to work out. I don't know. But the fact that they've they've gone after Trump so heavy heavy handedly, ha- handedly, the fact that they're trying to indict him in three different jurisdictions, I'm like, okay, so now we're going to get that e- equal and opposite reaction that that I'm excited about. They they came at Trump super hard and he's ready to come back, schedule left, lockdown, take it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Honestly, ready for it.
2: I mean the Hunter Biden laptop story, just like the icing on the cake of the Trump uh, you know presidency. I mean, the way that the media, you know, in collusion with tech companies, in collusion with the FBI, as we now know, thanks to the Twitter files. Mm-hmm lock down that story and the fact that it has become so obvious that it was true I mean it was it was obviously it was true when it actually was being written but the way the media covered it and then what we now know has just made that just so clear to everyone that if it, if that moved a few thousand votes a couple you know thirty thousand votes that would have made an enormous difference in the election and the fact that they did that that will stick with people I think and and that you know it's it's gonna it's a media story but it's a politics story
3: yeah uh there there was a poll done on that as well yeah. a very large percentage of biden voters had absolutely no idea about the the hunter biden story right. and about 10 percent of people who voted for biden who were surveyed said if they had known about the hunter biden laptop story they would not have voted for joe
4: yeah i think it was like 16 percent, but that was enough mm. to have swung the election oh, depending yeah. on where those voters were mm. but
1: let's let's talk about yeah. the latest revelation so this is uh this is huge news there's a letter released by jim jordan showing that uh what's his name michael Morell, is that his name yeah. former uh, cia director outright said that he t- he told people the Hunter Biden laptop was disinformation because he wanted to help Joe Biden win. Right, right. At the
2: direction of Tony Blinken, who's now the secretary of state.
1: I mean, and, th- and I think he-, he talked to Biden too, didn't he? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah.
2: I-, I think, you know, Biden was involved, but it was through the intermediary right, of right, Tony right. Blinken, who-, who only, of course, you know, talk about people like Mayor Pete getting promoted. <laughs> you know, Tony Blinken, of course, now in a very prime position there as secretary of state. And this story does not get covered very, very much in the in the corporate media these days. I mean, this this came out in a house yeah. judiciary panel. Mike Morrell, not a partisan guy at all, but just is asked to tell what happened here. I, wh- well, no, what, he is. I mean, he said he wanted Biden to win. Mike Morell. Well, yes, but but not. You know, he he was doing the bidding of of Tony Blinken, a, a, a trustworthy person. Let's just say that. I mean, this is not someone who's like you know trying to to right. I mean, to your point, a guy from the left is essentially admitting to what he was doing. Uh, Yeah, that story. I mean, again, a companion to the Hunter Biden lack of coverage, Hunter Biden laptop lack of coverage was that story, which, which, you know, the way that, yes, CNN's of the world. And I've, I've talked to a lot of people at CNN about this. Okay, you didn't say it was Russian disinformation, but you put that letter out there with people they said that— said it was
1: 50 former yeah, agents. All the hallmarks of
2: Russian— Right. You know, and those people who you pay in many instances, people like Clapper and Brennan, are getting paychecks from MSNBC and CNN. They're the ones who are telling you, look, looks like Russian
1: disinformation to us. You know, we're the
2: experts, well, you know, experts again.
1: Take a look at this. We got the story from the Examiner. It says Morell, who testified to Congress earlier this month about the laptop letter, said he thought now Secretary of State Antony Blinken wanted the baseless claims of Russian involvement in the saga made public. The former Obama acting CIA director told House investigators that before his October 17th call with Blinken, he had no intention to write the October 19th Hunter Biden laptop letter and testified yes and absolutely when asked if the call with Blinken, who was the top advisor for Biden's 2020 campaign, was Uh, was what triggered that intent in you. Morell also said in a recent transcribed interview with congressional investigators that it was his guess that Blinken called him to talk about the Hunter Biden laptop because the future secretary of state wanted it out in the public that the Russians were somehow involved in the saga. He also testified that one of the two reasons he helped put the letter together was to help now President Joe Biden, quote, because I wanted him to win the election. Hey, how about that?
4: What a, what a, what a, what a time to be alive, huh? Insane. And no punishment for blatant election interference. But, you know, a question that I have is these guys weaponized this entire process to win the 2020 election, right? You got a bunch of former intel guys partnered with social media, engaging in this in this clear manipulation of multiple systems just to get their guy in. They were able to, even if you don't want to discuss the, the issue of election fraud, they were able to weaponize this system enough to be able to prevent Trump from... Getting reelected when he wielded the full power of the executive branch of the United mm-hmm. States government what is what has changed And, and, and let me add one other uh, point in here too we have numerous states like Pennsylvania that change election laws yeah. in the run up to the election to give democrats an advantage and prevent trump from getting in none of the And stuff Republicans has were involved in that. Right. So w- what has changed since 2020 that they would this deep state apparatus would allow him back in now when they've already weaponized the system to preventing for, to prevent him from getting in in 2020. Yeah. Like what's, I, the, I, what's well, the play? I
1: I, I don't know if- I don't know if I would phrase it as prevent him. I think what they're trying to do is slant things as heavily as possible in their favor. And that, I think, is the game. And I think Republicans need to pay attention to that. They spent too long coming out screaming fraud, 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 instead of screaming, how are they getting these ballots? How are they doing it? And then just doing the same thing ballot chasing, harvesting, now Trump is coming out and being like, we're going to do the same thing. Now you're hearing Republicans come out and say, okay, we figured it out. We're going to play the game they're playing. Now I think these advantages may be lost because if Republicans actually start playing the same game, it's going to slowly bounce out. Though universal mail-in voting greatly advantages Democrats in dense populated areas. And it's very hard for people in rural areas to get the word out and things like that. But I I think Republicans can now understanding what happened in the past two elections start utilizing that properly so we'll see i'm, no. I'm not i don't want to be blackpilled on this one uh, well I, I i think you're right i mean the last two
2: elections because that that clearly was a factor in 2022 also in the midterm absolutely I mean, that, that the fact that they hadn't made those adjustments at that point was it was a clear thing but I, I honestly think you know going back to something you said earlier about the social media incentives uh <laughs> what what was the the real story about this i mean why did so many in the media not cover this I, when i went back and started looking for the book about why was the press covered that, you know why do they cover it this way they there were people like maggie haberman at the new york times who linked to the new york post just said oh i question the sourcing of it ah, i don't know this seems a little shady and she got trending on Twitter as Maga Haberman because she linked to the New York wow. Post. Even because she was, she was. And so Jake Sherman, who's now at Punchbowl, he was at Politico at the time.
1: Maga Haberman. Yeah,
2: he tweets it also. I wonder if the Biden campaign will respond to this. He gets pilloried by people, is forced to delete it, and apologizes for wow. daring to link to the New York Post. So there's such a, a guilt that happens, yeah and 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 there's no backbone by a lot of these journalists. And if they get a bunch of people yelling at them on Twitter, they're gonna just do what the mob says. And so so that's not changing either. That's only getting worse, I think, in this new era.
4: yeah, I think, I think Republicans are starting to wake up and, and just some people I've talked to sort of behind the scenes. there's this realization that yeah, we got we have to do more than we've done in the past to win elections. We got to do the ballot harvesting. but in, in general, we, we have to sort of build out just a, a bigger ground game because Democrats have a billion dollar machine that's been in place for decades. Republicans don't have that. Republicans have a system where the donor class sort of gives money to the RNC who doles it out how they see fit, where on the Democrat side, they have all these organizations that have been built out at the grassroots level. These billionaire donors give to those organizations, and you know the, the party is a little bit further down the list. So there's a whole machine apparatus that, that needs to be built on the right, but it, it seems like people are more inclined to actually do the work right now and want to build those things out. Scott Pressler is is a guy who's Hmm. running across the country right now trying to register voters, trying to uh, spread the word about ballot harvesting and do what he can to build those systems out. And I think... It, 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 as far as what I'm seeing, even just this week, Charlie Kirk posted about this. There's more of a focus now on doing the work that's needed to build out those systems to try to give Trump the best chance or whoever is the nominee, most likely Trump. But whatever Republican candidate is the best chance to uh, to win the election next year. But
1: here's the plan. We need to use their platform against them. That, that the strategies they have, they've used against us, we're going to use against them. So when they say vote blue no matter who, here's the pitch. Donald Trump runs as a Democrat. We all then vote for him in the primary, and now they have to vote for him. They literally have no choice. Checkmate, Democrats. That's beautiful. That's right. It's going to be like, I'm sorry, vote blue no matter who. And they're like, but but Donald Trump, those are your rules. (laughs) And then they're going to have to press the button for Trump. Oh, and that's how he wins. But it is funny that they say vote blue no matter who, because it clearly shows that you could put literally anything in the office. They don't care as long as they're hurting you. That's crazy. Yeah. When was the last time Fetterman was seen? <laughs> Recently. I mean, it was kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, really, really sad. I tried like, to read a statement. Legitimately yeah. sad. Yeah, he's talking really weird. He's struggling to, to form words. He can't, he, can, he, he clearly can't understand the responses he's getting and then he just ignores them. Right. He'll like ask a question. He'll be like, can you explain to me why and if Biden is president and then they say something and he goes, now have you seen and it's like well did you are you gonna answer the first thing they said right. like he just boop just didn't happen i guess yeah and that's
2: with someone literally running around next to him with a screen in front of him that, that has the words you know the closed captioning happening and, and still is not really comprehending no but that i will mean, take whatever they can get as long as not a
1: republican yeah well that, i mean you got biden now too right running again and it's like <laughs>
2: really
1: are we doing this i mean this is it's hilarious dude i don't think i don't think biden can win i don't know i i i, I will i will be laughing come 2024 when i find out i'm wrong or whatever but biden had the covid lockdown advantage right. he didn't do anything or go anywhere now they're saying there's going to be no debates have you guys heard this yeah no debates at all none on either side on either side It's none i just this is crazy there's, but
2: whatever i guess th- trump's gonna try to Get out of them. But I, I mean, there's got to be RNC debates. You know, he he obviously is a former president, but he's not the incumbent. So they've got to do RNC debates and whether he's there or not. DNC, I could, if you really have a feel that's Joe Biden, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Marion Williamson, I could see them really just saying, yeah, you know, you're on your own. You know, it's going yeah. to be Biden here. Although, again, I, I don't know how you galvanize behind
1: a person that you have. I got it. Yet. Yeah. Here's what we'll do. We will host the Democratic debates here at Tim guest IRL. Right? right here. But... What likely will happen is Biden won't come, but guess what? I am willing to bet, uh, RFK Jr. will. Yeah, and uh, so would Marion Williamson. For sure. Yeah. And and if if we're like, look, we'll we'll do a legit. We'll get a forum. We'll get a we'll, we'll rent a building. We'll get a you know an actual theater. We'll have anyone who, who wants to run. And the interesting thing is, these are prominent figures, RFK Jr. and Marion uh, Williamson but I wonder if any other establishment Democrat who wants to run would actually come. Yeah. Hmm. Right, isn't, isn't uh, who else is running? What's his, what's his face? The, 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 man, I don't know. On the Democrat side? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like
2: I don't know if there's any, anyone else.
1: Um.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
3: A laundry? Ooh, a book club.
0: Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No forward by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. website for details.
1: Have you interviewed RFK? Yeah, uh, uh, yes. Here we go. Uh, a, uh, Hutchinson. On the he's on the GOP. GPO, oh, it's GOP. GOP. Yeah, yeah. Asa Hutchinson. Yeah. Oh, whoops! I'm an idiot. No, yeah,
2: he's. I mean, he's. Okay, he's running his... a He's establishment enough that he. Right. I know. So I was just point, like, but... he's, he's, he's one of those guys, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. He's a pretty never
1: Trumper, <laughs> so uh, you know he fits you see, that. Mold. You see how
2: I got confused? Yes. If you spend all your days in like cable news green rooms, then you're basically a Democrat at this point, right? Which is what Asa Hutchinson.
1: So is it doing. just RFK Jr. Then Megan uh, Williams? I, I think so far. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. We uh we I'm pretty sure we've reached out to RFK Jr.'s team. And he'd be a great, I mean, he's a fascinating guy,
2: super yeah. smart. Um, you know, we've at the Megyn Kelly show, we've interviewed him a couple times um, and, you know, had to, had to keep an eye out to make sure we could uh, keep it all uh, no, live like, on
1: YouTube and all platforms. Well, we, well did. We, we, will, we will do the Democratic debates live on Rumble with Marion <laughs> Williamson and RFK Jr. And if Joe Biden, Joe Biden will be invited, right. we'll say, hey, man, you just let, him know, let us know what you need. You're invited absolutely. We'll have anything you, anything you need to make this debate happen. And then when he says no, he just won't be at the debates. Right. So Empty there you podium, go. Just like any other, uh, I think that'd be, I'd watch And, that. and, and I think Marion Williamson and RFK Jr. would have like a legitimate debate. When they had her on, uh, like there there was so much screwing around. You know, what was it? Like a- Andrew Yang's mic got cut off. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. And he's just going like, mouthing and like nothing's happening i explained that if it was donald trump and they cut his mic he would lean over and grab the other person's <laughs> mic and go, excuse me excuse me my microphone is off i need that's trump that's why trump wins mm-hmm. because trump would not let them silence him and there's nothing they can do if he if he's like steps out of line and says no i'm talking
3: well, that's the thing. He's polite to people, or he he's not polite to people who aren't being polite to him. And yeah. so often, that's what the establishment depends upon. They crap all over everyone who's an outsider and tries to stand up to them. And then they go, oh, sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. Okay, I'll go along with it. And we we'll saw this at. with Republicans time and time again. You're racist. You're sexist. Homo- you're homophobic. You're terrible. Or they would just ask them questions where that was the subtext. And they'd go, I just want to be very sensitive to your concern. And I want you to know I really do care about you and your values. And Trump would be like, you're an idiot. Shut up. It's like, great, that's they, That's kind of what they deserve.
1: Well, I, I Trump's not mean to people who aren't mean to him. No, that's what I'm in saying. Fact, okay. In fact, no, no. The, when it came to the bump stock ban, when they go to Trump and they say, let's work together, he goes, okay, and then he agrees with them. Mm. If the Democrats went to Trump and they said, you're so smart, your policies are amazing, we think you're going to be the best. Here's what you need to do. He'll go, absolutely, I agree. And he would yeah. sign it. In fact, he
2: actually said in an interview with Tucker recently, he was talking about how Gavin Newsom was so nice to him. And the real story is there. Gavin Newsom understood how to play Trump. Yep. You know, you, you be nice to him. You ask for things and he'll give it to you. And he did. He got. He, I, Here's what I need for California. OK, sure. You know, you flatter him. I mean, you know, you yeah. play the game a little bit. But honestly, like I, I was just going back and watching some of those prim- primary debates with Trump in 2015, 2016. Masterful. I mean. It was so great television and also honestly gets to the point of why the media became what they became because they were all in on it. They, I mean, CNN and MSNBC, they would put him on all the time. He was on Morning Joe and calling in from the bathroom. Mm-hmm. He was on, you know, Don Lemon all the time. He was talking to everybody. And they did it because they would love to have him be the nominee. And then they knew he would lose to Hillary. And so they're like, all right, great. Let's ride this. It's great ratings. And then they get that shock on November 8th and and they don't know how to how to deal with it. But in that moment, they were they were all good for the for the TV. I, I, oh, yeah.
1: I guess Zucker felt personally responsible at CNN. Yeah. So he was offended cuz like or, or ashamed because there are people being like they were come to him and say, "Why did you give him all this airtime?" And he was like, "We were making money." And so then yeah. he made it his mission to just destroy Trump in the press. Right.
3: Yeah, and It's hilarious because all they did was expose themselves as biased, destroyed whatever remaining credibility they had and made people who already like Trump like him a whole lot more. Now, what I find so hilarious about the entire situation is that you're correct that people who flatter Trump seem to get ahead in some sense and the left could have very easily played him in that way but because their TDS was so strong it was like this perfect storm where this weakness of his couldn't really be exploited by them because they were too deranged they were yeah. too histrionic yep. over and they were freaking out and screaming ah, it's Donald Trump like if you if you were just as dishonest as you always are and tried to flatter him, you might have been able to get some of the things done that you wanted to get done. But you're yeah. not capable.
2: Uh, and I, I say one other thing about Jeff Zucker because it, that's that's what makes it so unique about Donald Trump. I mean jeff zucker and donald trump go way back you know donald trump made jeff zucker at nbc because Mm -hmm. of the apprentice it was a huge hit jeff zucker had no hits before that when he ran nbc he was jeff zucker was one of the many media members who were at donald trump's wedding to melania in 2005 katie couric was there matt lauer barbara walters you go right on down the line elton john performed i mean he was part of that world for so long i mean he was hosting saturday Night live in 2015 he he was he was in that world he was hosting the celebrity apprentice in 2015 and he left and gave Arnold Schwarzenegger a chance to do it right before he announced for running for president, and then to become the turncoat. You know, these people thought they knew him; they thought he was he was their friend. He was he was part of that world, and then he turned on him. And that that I think it, it went, became so personal for so many of those mm. people.
1: Man, let's uh, let's jump to a news story. We got this one. Uh, you you guys, I know you guys want to talk about Bud Light. We got a former Anheuser-Busch executive slamming inauthentic Bud Light for having lost track of the consumer. There's a bunch of developments. For one, their restaurant volume has, declined, uh, has, uh, has dropped 34.7%. We're hearing that various different sales metrics show a drop of like 17% in general sales. Volume has decreased in double digits. And uh, here's my favorite latest development on the Bud Light boycott story. It is, first... I'd like to bring you all back in time to April 13th for this CNN article. Bud Light's inclusive ad campaigns are good for business. Experts (laughs) say. Uh, Experts experts say. And then we get this masterpiece. Bud Light's oh. sales are falling, but distributors say they're sticking by the brand. Uh, shot 13 and chaser, days late, Shot and Chaser. <laughs> oh, ah, yeah. you'll love to see it. I love to see Guys, it. Guys, screenshot those two. Uh, I should I should actually just do this right now. Is going the gonna first sc-
4: one, a Jim Cramer I'm- byline?
3: Yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Cramer, <laughs> buy Bud Light. Um, this is hilarious. So they'll make statements like this. Inclusive ad campaigns are good for consumers. Okay, this is circular. Yes, if an ad campaign is truly inclusive as in it is maximally appealing to the largest base possible, then yes, it's going to be an effective ad campaign. Clearly, okay, clearly Bud Light's ad campaign was not inclusive. Right. It was not inclusive because they alienated their own viewers. So let me give you an example. Name an incredibly controversial group of people. I don't want to be like lazy and say- The Irish. The the Irish. (laughs) No, name a group of people generally, let's say- um, Uh, Antifa. Antifa, okay. So if a, a marketing, but the, part of why this might break down is because you could almost actually see this happening. <laughs> but if if a marketing firm said, you know what, we're going to be really inclusive. We're going to include Antifa in our next advertisement. You go, well, well, hold on a second. Okay. By including them, you're excluding everyone who takes issue with them. So inclusive doesn't mean welcoming a new group, right? It means how are we going to get the most possible people
1: right. to be loyal to our brand? And, here's, and here's, here's an important distinction as it pertains to, say, political ideology. There's a big divide in this country, and it's roughly down the middle in terms of politics. Mm-hmm. So you risk alienating half the population yeah. by choosing, so you stay away from it. Right? Yeah. But then you can make the argument about when it comes to race. Well, there's millions, hundreds of millions, tens of millions of people of varying different racial backgrounds... And a tiny bit of racists. So you know what? If we want to maximize our total market share, we go for a literal inclusive strategy, which is apolitical, and just says, everybody's chill to have our beer. Instead, they go directly for the most polarizing and divisive and and like nails on a chalkboard personality and then just gut their brand <laughs> Exactly. They didn't make it inclusive. They made it as exclusive as possible. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's you're... push
3: everyone out outside of our small group of people who feel a need to virtue signal to one another that we think this is a beautiful woman. Definitely. That's what we're looking at. Woman and beautiful. Uh-huh. So sloppy.
2: So, so I, I saw, I forgot who it was because I'd love to give him credit. It was on Twitter. Someone basically came up with, you want to appeal to the trans community. Okay. Here's a here's an idea, right? Okay. You're you're a Bud Light Factory and you've got a person there. They are a factory worker and they're they're trans or a little bit scared to come to work And they get there and their and their friends welcome them in okay Well there now you've got an ad that's that's not alienating It's maybe welcome to but they went in the most clunky, you know embarrassing way possible and yet talk about the language experts say i mean literally anytime, <laughs> i know i know anytime a headline has experts say just just distrust it <laughs> honestly at this point
3: experts say is the blue check mark <laughs> of uh, news articles but i will mention this i actually think even an advertisement like that wouldn't work for bud light cuz the consumers would go this is obvious virtue signaling they're trying to be a woke brand and that's not who bud light is generally market itself towards that's not who buys bud light that's the
4: craziest thing about this leftist ideology is that they're willing to burn the entire (laughs) house down just for the sake of their ideology and and, and looking like they're doing the right thing and and, i don't know that's showing off for the friends that's
1: why i say it's not really an ideology it's it's a cult it's a chaotic Mm -hmm. destructive force that has no end game Mm. maybe the end game is destroying the country maybe they're being wielded by by evil people to destroy things but that's all they do consume and destroy and and we talk
2: about a person who bought into the cult i mean part of the problem with the bud light thing was the also podcast with the vp of marketing explaining why the brand that she is a part of is bad essentially yes why it's too fratty and we have to change it that that's your problem when you when you pair that with the dylan mulvaney video which was again i mean who is is buying Bud Light because of that? Are Dylan Mulvaney's fans buying Bud Light because of that? I can't even imagine that anyone thought this was a good idea. Oh, my gosh. And yet, and this is what you get. Well,
1: you know, now is- that I think about it, Timcast probably isn't doing enough to be inclusive and to reach out to these liberals. So we're going to replace Seamus... <laughs> with Jenk Uygur of the Young Turks. You can't
3: replace me. And then your stock's going to go down a million dollars. I'll be like the Tucker Carlson Uh, of Timcast.
1: Experts say it actually might might be
2: good. (laughs) Experts
1: say
3: it'll be a great idea. (laughs) Experts say having To to alienate his entire viewer base.
1: Yeah, right. Telling your customers, telling your audience, telling your fans that uh, they're bad people (laughs) tends not to work out for you.
3: Yeah, shockingly enough. Shockingly enough. Uh, it's so bizarre, but this is just what happens, right? People don't understand the brands that they're trying to create advertisements for. And sometimes they can get away with it. I remember last year we had Libby Emmons here and we were, maybe this is a year and a half ago now, but we were watching these different woke advertisements that candy companies were doing. It was was a bunch of different brands.
1: Oh, the M&M's thing from Tucker Carlson. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the one where the witch comes
3: in and basically kills the kid with magic, but that's not exactly what happens. Yes. Don't you remember? We were watching the commercial and reviewing it. This kid has like a witch babysitter and she comes in and she like... The kid does something gender non-conforming, and so it was supposed to be a woke commercial. Do you remember this? Uh-uh. We, well, we reviewed it on air and made fun of it. Uh-uh. And we, we were looking at a couple woke commercials. But, you know, sometimes brands can sort of get away with it because even though their their product is apolitical, the consumers aren't going to care all that much. But with Bud Light, I mean, you're really talking about something that is marketed generally, again, towards fratty dudes right. and also working class people. It is a cheap Beer. it Your audience is toxic
2: masculinity, right? That's that's such a good point, though, because like, i so in Uncovered, I write about something I called I call guilt journalism. Mm. It, when you there, I, I specifically cite there was a magazine uh, Cosmo that put on the cover this gigantic obese woman, and it just with the headline "This is healthy, this is healthy." Now it's one <laughs> Are thing, you if, sure? if you, right? If you want to put on the headline, you know, want to put this person on the cover, okay, but. What what are we seeing here? What are we doing? Well, it's because they feel this guilt. Over what they've done for decades of putting rail thin women on their cover and what that has caused, and so now they feel this guilt. It's like a pre cancellation. We're gonna just we're gonna just get ahead of this and, and say, oh no no no, now this is healthy. Now we're see we're we're the good people. And honestly, in some ways, that feels like what that Bud Light marketing executive was saying too. It's like mm. we're we're a bad brand, so let's <laughs> let's become good now. But we, well, we feel guilty about what we've done. Exactly.
3: Well, they wanted to court a higher class of consumers. That's the general idea. The, white men are bad, right? Working class men are bad, right? All of the people who are cons- considered toxically masculine conservatives, the frat boys. We, we know what they're dog whistling when they talk about this. And so what do we need? Well, we need a trendy, younger, hip viewer base, you know, people who would have higher social credit scores, so to speak. And that's who we need to try to market to. So we're going to spit in the face of our current consumer base by marketing to them with something that we are explicitly saying isn't for them, because what we're trying to say is this brand is not for you anymore. Go away. Yep. And
4: then when they go and away, fine, it's like, it's where are you fine. going? What's What's it's it's happening? Yeah. I, I just know. want to get back to doing regular stuff and not getting oh, preached at. Do you remember yeah? Gillette? Yeah. You guys
1: remember the Gillette ad, I'm sure. Mm. When that guy another was. Another great example. When That's that how Jeremy's it. Razors
4: came about, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. There was the part where the dude sees the attractive woman, and he goes like, ooh, and he tries to walk, but the other guy stops and was like, no, don't don't talk to women. Don't talk to women. He's like, (laughs) women
3: (laughs) are (laughs) gross, bro. Uh, No, actually, Jeremy's Razor, I think it was a Dollar Shave Club thing, right? Yeah, Harry's Razor's. Harry's, sorry. Sorry, canceled their ads. Yeah, but um, that Gillette ad, too, it was so ridiculous because... They took so rough and tumble play, which all of the psychological literature shows is incredibly important and necessary for the development of young boys. It portrays it is two little boys just beating the <laughs> crap out of each other, and the two dads at the grill going, "Well, boys will be boys," as if that's what real life is. Right? They took a gender studies dissertation, made it into an advertisement, and insulted their entire viewer base because guess what? Like those razors are for men; they're male razors, and I. I think this is a even, softer repeat of that. In some I don't sense. even
1: remember why Jeremy made chocolate bars at this point. I just know that we have 2,000 of them downstairs.
3: <laughs> they're good. They're <laughs> they are, really they are, good. They're actually pretty good, man. <laughs> they have they're, four
1: ingredients it's like chocolate, dried milk powder, and like organic sugar or something. Nuts. And cocoa butter, and the one with the yeah, nuts like and yeah. almonds. For yeah. the <laughs> what was it? It was it was the Hershey's did the candy bar commercial with the trans woman. Yep. And yep. then Jeremy was like, "Don't buy that chocolate. Buy our chocolate." <laughs> that would do. And then I was, was like, great. Okay, I will." And so I bought two thousand bars. You're <laughs> such a consumer, <laughs> Tim. Well, I think you know we we should legitimately be supporting agreed these efforts. So the moment you know uh Jeremy's light or whatever comes out right. brew we'll order that too mm-hmm. um but this is this is the point you should you should be supporting companies that are clearly in support of your values we this this show was sponsored by public square shout mm-hmm. to them because we're huge fans you can go on the app and you can find businesses and it's awesome look in your area figure out which businesses actually care about your values and don't give your money to bud light That's great, and then we win
3: yeah well for so long conservatives have been so reluctant to do that one massive flaw with the right people view this as a strength it's not as much of a strength as they think it is one massive flaw on the right is this almost this this odd desire not to alienate everyone right and so the left will claim they don't want to alienate people but then obviously they shun anyone who steps out of line even slightly and the right has always said well we're just a home for everyone who considers themselves a non-leftist or, or anti-leftist. And so because of that, I think conservatives have very much prided themselves on being able to have conversations with people they disagree with. And that, that's all well and good, right? But I think for a while, there was this stigma that if you as a conservative didn't tolerate everything the left was doing, then you were just as bad as the left. And I'm glad conservatives are stepping out of that and saying, you know what, we can and we should boycott these brands. And there actually is something we can do about this.
1: Yeah. It, it is weird how the, wh- what was it? I was, uh, what was it? Uh, um, Sticks, X and Hammer mm-hmm. put out, he made a meme and it was so amazing. And it said the actual political party. Uh, let me, let me pull this up. Shout out to Sticks. I got to pull this up. It was too funny. Uh, and then uh, let me, I, I don't want to ruin the joke. So I'm, but uh, let me, let me, let me get it. I'm, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'll find it. It's in here. So I, re- I retweeted it because it was hilarious. Here you go. Check this out. It says the two party <laughs> system summed up. Republican paralyzed goat, Democrat diseased rat. <laughs> so instead of the you know the elephant and the and the, the jackass yeah. or whatever, it's uh, the Republican paralyzed goat. I think perfectly sums up what the Republican Party is. They get startled and then just lock up and then fall <laughs> over. And the Democrats are a diseased rat. There you go. That is, and wonderful. I and, and I mean I not that the individuals, wonderful. not the people. Of I'm not course to, not. I'm yeah. not trying to call people that. I'm saying the political parties and what they represent, like. The Republican being a paralyzed goat is just too perfect. Yeah. Like the the, the diseased rat thing is like, I don't know, sure, fine, whatever. But the Republicans is a paralyzed goat. And you're trending on Twitter.
3: (laughs) Uh, There we go, Tim. You're done. I can't believe you just said that. I don't care. (laughs) I
1: retweeted sticks. I will tweet this out. I hereby agree with this. It's the party thing, yeah. Yeah, the parties, this is what they represent. But really, like I said, the Democrat diseased rat thing is kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah." Okay. The Republicans as paralyzed goats hits the nail on the hammer too perfectly. That's what they are. Yeah. Something startling comes up, <laughs> like ah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they fall over, paralyzed <laughs> goat. <laughs> Shout out stick, sex, and Amber six six six. That was a really good one. But that, but that's why it's it's so, been so difficult to win culture war battles. However, disaffected liberals have aligned themselves with the Republican Party exactly, and now there is for Republicans a fighting chance. So I still look at it like this: we we were at the Turning Point USA event. We were the only ones there, Steve, except for Steve Bannon, who, who weren't wearing. We weren't wearing suits. <laughs> Everybody's up on stage wearing some kind of suit, yeah. And then we show up and we're just like, I don't know, wearing what we wear, looking like schlubs. Yeah, well, it was a that's black Steve's tie suit. event. Yeah, sure. So this this is what I think. It, these young conservative types, these you know, look, man, if you go to a bunch of high school kids wearing a suit and you're like, "Hello there, fellow kids," they're going to be like, "Yeah, okay, what?" Well, you got to be a right. You got to be like relaxed and casual you know there's clearly a realignment i mean
2: yeah happening i i i how many people that are they're that fans of the show probably you know consider themselves potentially conservative but not republicans i think that there's there's a lot of people that that are in the culture today that are seeing the, where the left is going and saying that's not me mm-hmm. you know i i don't know exactly where i am right now but i i mean i think about it you talk about like you know the right could be talk to anyone, right? And I I think that's that's a good philosophy. I agree with that. I talk to anyone. And the left right now is not just... The right has bad ideas. They have dumb ideas. You know, conservatives are stupid. But these people are dangerous. Yeah. And and I think that's a huge change. That that's actually the and it's coming from the media too. I I, write, I describe them as anti speech activists. These people that yep. should be about free speech and, and allowing a, a free flow of ideas on social media or wherever are now saying no. No, these people are dangerous. And I actually think that that young people see that and say, I'm not I'm not going to be a part of that. That's not it's, who I am. Well,
1: it's the cult versus the not cult. It,
3: yeah. I I want to mention something here, too, because the media did spend a lot of time talking about how much it cared about free speech. It's really easy to care about free speech when you're the only voice. But as soon as the advent of the Internet and your average person being able to voice your own opinions, all of a sudden we got all of these specials and different news outlets about disinformation, what we need to do to ensure that hate speech doesn't spread online. The whole utility of television in the present era where the Internet exists is I get to talk at you and you don't get to say anything back. Right. That's what it's for. So we I shouldn't was... be shocked that the vast majority of individuals in legacy media don't believe in free speech because their platform is fundamentally anti-free speech. It's I get to say what I want and I don't hear anything back from you. So
1: we're, we're working on a bunch of new projects. Obviously we're looking for talent and we've been talking to some individuals who are like, oh man, I don't wanna be involved in political stuff. And I'm like, look, the show that we're launching is not political in any way. It's a to- it's totally its own standalone thing. And so we started working on this and I'll keep the details vague for now. But the individual said that they started getting threats of violence, insults and attacks. And I was like, did you get any of that from anyone associated with the right or like disaffected liberals? And he's like, no, of course not. Yeah. And I was like, and do you agree with all of these people? It's like, no, of course not. And I'm like, isn't it crazy that someone like Seamus who is Catholic, staunchly pro-life, can sit here and disagree with me or Ian or whatever, and he's like one of he's one of our best friends. We laugh together. He's on the show consistently. There's no beef, right? Yeah. There's none. But if if it comes to the left, you disagree on one issue, you're out. You're far right. You're bad. You're evil. This Literally is, Hitler. Yeah. Literally yes. Hitler. Yeah. This is
2: the Joe Rogan thing that's so fascinating to me. I mean, Joe Rogan is a guy who's a, if he's supporting any politician, it's Bernie Sanders. You know, it's, this is the, as progressive as it can get. And yet why does the left hate him and the corporate media hate him is because he's impeding on their power and because he's willing to have conversations. I mean, I describe him as an information maximalist Mm. and the media is now full of information minimalists. They want the minimum amount of information out there for the public to consume because really they just fundamentally distrust people. They distrust their own audience and they distrust the average American And, and the right it is now all of a sudden in this position of being, oh, no, actually, you know, let's let's get ideas out there. Now, not the right, but Bill Maher and Joe Rogan, these are people that just have a fundamental disagreement with the way the left has shifted towards this anti-free speech platform.
4: And I think the other yeah. side of that, too, though, is, is, is also... The left has gotten so crazy and, and a lot of their core beliefs now don't – they don't stand up to intellectual scrutiny. Yeah. So if they had their ideas challenged on social media on these, these news programs and people are exposed to one side and the other side and, and, and the actual facts like men can't be women, men don't have uteruses, you know, if, if we truly have an actual open debate – Pretty much 90% of everything they believe is going to is gonna be obliterated. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: That's why they don't want to come on the show. Yep. And every every polite invite gets turned down. We will pay for your travel. We will fly you first class. We will get a car waiting for you with a guy holding up a sign with your name on it. We'll bring you out. There will be a filet mignon medium rare Oscar <laughs> style right on this table. It was great service. And you can say whatever you want. And they're like, no. Wait, y'all, You y'all, can, y'all can be eat a, a steak while <laughs> insulting Tim <laughs> no. across from it. Yeah. I'm saying for leftists. We gotta, we gotta pull out of the stocks. Well, that's the yeah, red carpet. Come on down. And they're like, no. And then you get the grifter ones who are like just willing to lie, cheat, and steal for fame. And they're like, oh, come on. It's like, not you. Yeah. Man. You know, we know what your game is. Yeah. I'm talking about the actual personalities who are talking about leftist politics and policies. Jimmy Dore came on. But yeah. we're big fans of Jimmy Dore.
2: He was, a, he was a regular on Tucker, too. Right. This is the thing. Like, there are some people that I think are are willing to do it themselves and are willing to have that exchange. But they're just so afraid. Of the backlash. They're so afraid of what a few people yelling at them on Twitter will feel like that that they don't understand that that is such an unrepresentative situation when it comes to what your actual fans, what people that actually like you, what would they would get out of that. They, I, 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 they're so warped and living in this bubble of Twitter, which is, you know, as polls have shown, two percent of all Americans account for 90 percent of tweets about politics. I mean, it is it's, it's unrepresentative. And listen, I, I spend way too much time on Twitter myself. Amen. I love it. I hate that I love it. I'm yep. well, you know, I'm, I'm yep. not representative of this, but I try to have some self-awareness that this is not real life, that people who you know love me on Twitter or hate me on Twitter, it's a very small cross-section.
1: The, the, but I, I, th- I think it's becoming real life. That's the yeah, issue. That it's when, starting to feed into it, yeah. Well, that it has been. The, this, you know, Twitter isn't real life was prominent six, seven years ago because people were hyper online, but now there's no middle anymore. Yeah. Now it's to the point where it really does, I like, the craziest thing is, I, I've had people come up to me and be like, oh, hey, you're Tim Pool, I follow you on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, do you watch the show? And they're like, I just follow you on Twitter, man. Really? Okay, yeah. that's cool. Wow. So it's like Twitter's influence has become pronounced, which is... Probably why oh. Elon Musk was like, I have to buy this thing.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of what people end up deciding to talk about or report about or discuss on their podcast is based on what they see trending on Twitter. So it's an incredibly powerful tool. Now, what a lot of people don't realize is that while well, tr- Twitter, in terms of its user base, is not the furthest left platform, it certainly leans to the left to the point where if it were a state, for example, it would be you know pretty solidly blue. And...
0: A lot of
3: corporations will look to the kind of reception they are getting on Twitter from their advertisement campaigns to determine whether they should shift course. And they're getting an incredibly biased sample, and many of them haven't realized that in the past. So you'll get a bunch of people tweeting at you saying, well, this campaign was offensive, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Well, you're you're getting a biased sample there, but corporations will still make changes based on that very biased sample.
1: Let's jump to the story from the Daily Mail refund the police portland finally launches crackdown on crime after defunding the police by 15 million dollars oh as it hires more district attorneys and investigators to tackle spiraling car and retail theft all right how long until you you think it is until liberals start saying we were always in support of the police it's, it's the conservatives that hated police
3: <laughs> uh well they, they want to ha- refund the police i hope they kept the receipt because i think a lot of those cops ain't coming back you drive them out of their jobs you make it as difficult as possible for
1: them to do it ba, 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 ba. This was their plan the whole time. Yep. They got all the conservative-leaning cops to quit. And now that yep. none of them would touch the department's at the 10-foot pole... They're going to hire only the people who support their crackpot ideas. Mm. Between that and COVID, you know, between the vaccine mandates
2: and all the other things that drove, that, you know, changed the force out of this. Uh, it, Kim Fox in Chicago, big prosecutor, wouldn't prosecute. Jesse Smollett was a Soros-funded DA, which I know you're not supposed to say, but that is just a fact. Not, you. you? know, yeah. now, now she, you. <laughs> she's not running for, for a re-election. I, I think we're going to see a shift here. And, and part of the shift, I would imagine, is because... They got to get this shift going before 2024 because this is a winning issue for the Republicans.
1: Yes, but the cops are going to be pro-Antifa now. We've already seen it happen. There's a video of a guy backing away from Antifa hmm. and they're threatening him with weapons and the cops grab the victim and arrest him. Wow. Maybe, maybe, maybe I don't know the full context, yeah. but it's a guy backing up saying, get away from me, get away from me. And then the cop apologizes to an Antifa woman. I'm sorry,
4: ma'am. Well, they gotta be, man, because if, if, they, if they're bringing these police officers back in these blue areas, these cops are risking their, their livelihoods mm-hmm. by just doing their jobs. If they get charged for arresting the wrong person by one of these liberal DAs, until they, they get dragged through the media, yeah. they're going to get charged, they're going to yeah. get convicted, yes. they're going to get thrown in jail. So they got to be on the same side. They have to what, be
1: politically aligned. What happens when Portland says, all right, we're going to be hiring 500 new cops and all the applicants are antifa? <laughs> I'm not kidding. They're gonna, they're gonna, sh- they're gonna be the ones to show up and be like, "Yes, I'll be a cop," and then basically a far left extremist gang puts on the badge and can go around doing whatever they want with government sanction.
3: That's it's an it's it's definitely possible. Part of me hopes that their ideology their ideology would select against it. I understand that they don't have principles, but they hate cops so much. Uh, Do you think mm, that would get them pushed out of their social lying. circles?
1: Nope, they'd be like. They'll they'll have a direct action meeting and they'll say we're gonna take over the department we're gonna yeah. we're gonna take that those badges and then we'll control it. And they're gonna go yay! Just like when the BLM activists cheered for the police arresting the guy from his own home. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. say the police are bad, and then they go yeah. and call the cops and cheer for them when the cops show up.
2: Yep. They they're mm-hmm. posting
1: on Twitter arrest them arrest them arrest these people.
2: They wow. want they want that power. I thought you were about to say that. Wait wait. What happens when they're all trans?
1: I, I thought that was where we were going with it, but... I mean, but a lot of them would be. Right. That, yeah. that's, that's the thing about the <laughs> ideology. <pink> yeah. <laughs> no, have you seen there was a, I think James Lindsay posted this. They're already wearing r- rainbow armbands. Oh, man. And I'm like, this is really weird.
2: This is, it, it, everything's changing, yeah.
1: Or, you know, kind of. It's changing, but it, in many ways staying the same. Right. It's, like, it's like history rhyming. Mm. It's not a red armband, it's a rainbow armband, mm-hmm. but it basically represents the same kind of authoritarian pressures.
3: They just got all the, the
2: colors covered. That's right. The rainbow, yeah.
1: So they're all, all, all the entire spectrum of authoritarianism yeah. in one armband. <laughs> yep, yep. It exists on a spectrum, Tim. I mean, it does. But yeah, I guess the issue was uh, Portland's been collapsing. I think, uh, what is it? They, they had like a famous restaurant shut down because the crime is so bad. There's like a bunch of cafes are shutting down. I don't know what they thought was going to happen or what any of these cities thought was going to happen. And so for me, I'm kind of like, good, I don't care. Yeah. But it's, the problem is the aftermath. Yeah. When they start hiring far left extremists, we're, we're seeing the story of the mass exodus from California. And we're like, haha, look at that. You know, moderate and right-leaning people are fleeing and going to Florida and Texas. And it's like, yeah, you know what that means, right? Most, many of them are probably cops. Many of them worked in government law or law enforcement, things like that. Now the left is going to open up those positions and make appointments of far left extremists into those seats of government. Mm. California may lose a lot of people, but now they're going to create a lot of far left extremists in positions of authority and power. Yeah. Yeah, the good ones. I mean, I'm in Texas myself, and Yo.
2: uh, you know, it's a big story right now. Obviously, of people coming, it's like you're right. The, the good ones are coming, right? The the ones who are uh, who are open to coming to Texas, open to coming to Tennessee or wherever. Uh, then you get left with even even bluer in some cases. Obviously, it's going to make Texas a little bit more purple than it was. I mean, I'm in Dallas, so it's already pretty pretty fifty fifty red blue. Um, but yeah, what's the effect going to be in in the you know L.A. and San Francisco, which is already just struggling beyond belief. We barely get coverage of of it.
1: There's this crazy video I saw today where a guy, it's a homeless guy in San Diego who's got a tent and he's got a knife. It looks like some kind of like buck knife. And he's screaming how he's gonna kill a woman, some random woman, and then he just stabs the wall as hard as he can. It's kind of nothing happens, but he's screaming. The dude filming is like every day he does this. He He's gonna kill somebody and like the cops won't do anything. Oh my god! Why would they? What are they gonna do about it? What are they gonna do, show up and arrest the guy and then they just open the door and let him go again? it's it's a cultural and social decay yeah that's, that's it i wonder i gotta be honest what's causing all of the mental issues that surround homelessness not every homeless person is mentally ill no some of them are are vagabonds by choice but a lot of these people you see sleeping on the city streets there's something wrong upstairs what's causing this spike you know what i mean yeah
4: it's so, like well, a combination of mental health issues and also drug policy
1: yeah
3: it's that also i mean look man is not living the way he is meant to live in this society and that produces negative outcomes, physically and mentally.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I saw your tweet today about about you know kids. What's causing people that are young people to? Yeah,
1: I uh, tweeted not want to be who they are. I mean that that's this, this is a huge problem. Well, I, I was just thinking about it in a general sense. I tweeted we need to start asking ourselves why young people are so desperate to be someone else instead of themselves. Yep. and it's gotten like nine thousand retweets or whatever. The funny thing though is the left responses. Immediately talking about trans issues. Right. It's beyond and I, that. And I was just like, I'm just, I was speaking generally. Yeah. Kids wanting to be a famous YouTuber, like wanting to be Mr. Beast or whatever. That my, my point is this some people have, have latched on that and been like, every child looks up to somebody and wants to do that. Or, I'm like, look, I am outright saying, why are there people who are dyeing their skin? Why are there people who, who are trans? Why are there people who are trans species? Why are there people who create fake personas? Why are there people who use different names? Why, why don't they just want to develop who they are? And someone responded to me, a conservative person, was like, it's normal for kids to want to be someone else. And then I'm just like, is that a projection? Because mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I didn't want to be anybody else. That didn't exist in my mind. I was just, I just was what I was. There's a, there's a viral video from a show called The Good Doctor where it's about, it's a show about an autistic doctor. I've never seen it. And the, the patient is a transgender little boy who has testicular cancer. And you find that at the end of the scene, but he says something like, he says it, he's autistic. So he's like, you're a boy because you have XY chromosomes, not XX. And then the kid says, how did you know you were supposed to be a boy other than, uh, with, uh, uh, you know, other than biology. And he goes, that's your, qu- your question makes no sense. I'm not supposed to be anything. I am a boy. And I was like, that's a perfect line. You're not supposed to be anything. You're supposed to be you who are. you are, what yeah. you are. Yeah. Why are people so desperate, young people so desperate to not be themselves? I mean, a lot, so of, the, to me.
4: a lot of the mechanisms that we have for self discovery and for emotional development and, and social development have gone by the wayside. You know, we don't go outside and play anymore as kids, yeah. we don't really interact. Everything that we do is on an app, it's through social media. We're filtered through these programs that have algorithms that shape yep. our world and they're programmed to re, re, to reward you and give you a dopamine hit based on certain triggers yeah. so our entire society has shifted from something that allows you to be able to grow and have that self-discovery process and figure out who you are and reward you for being an individual and just being yourself to making you want and again these children are impressionable your, your brain doesn't fully fully form and develop until you're 25 so we have these uh, this 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 group of millions of kids who don't go through this process and their entire life experience is geared toward wanting to please an algorithm, which is essentially making you want to be what you see on the screen instead yep. of figuring out who the hell you are. Absolutely. They're getting plastic
1: surgery to look like Snapchat filters.
4: <laughs> <laughs> young young women are
1: developing fake Tourette syndrome. Yeah.
4: yeah. Because they want
1: to emulate what they see on these apps. And
3: yet... Social contagion with respect to transgenderism is completely dismissed. There are kids who are literally pretending to have Tourette's. There has not been some massive uptick in Tourette's, and yet when we or, see, see a massive uptick in gender confusion, that couldn't possibly be social we, contagion. We they say, were always that but way, and we now say, society but, allows but, them to say it.
1: But it may not be pretending. They may actually No, social developing... contagion doesn't mean pretending. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, Right, was, yeah. The, they're pretending to be Tourette's. Some of these young women are actually developing a social... Yeah. Issue and they're, they're getting Tourette's syndrome from watching prominent Tourette's personalities. Well, some well, of it's also coming from
4: within inside the home too. We talk a lot about yeah. fatherless homes, but yeah, um, you know, there's a piece that I wrote for Timcastnews.com. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's actually just Timcast.com. Well,
4: well Timcast.com, my bad. Actually, uh, is it? But uh, <laughs> you, have yes, check it. The, you have to check the name of your own website. Well, we might have bought that other. He's got URL a lot well. going on. Yeah, we might no, have bought the other URL. There was a, a study from 1994 that just resurfaced that found that 53% of mothers of boys who identify as trans have their own psychological issues, including depression and borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. So there's, it, it's not even just us. Social contagion, I think, is a large part of it. Mm-hmm. But some of this is being directed from within these these children's own homes yeah. because their parents have their own issues that they haven't sorted and out And that's yet. even before social media,
2: right? 1994. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think social media is a huge factor, and not just because of the incentives of it, but because you go from, maybe you grew up wanting to be famous or you wanted to be you know, successful, but now you want to be special, and you're doing it in a way that is performative. It's it's public, in 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 a way that never existed before. I mean, I, I you know whether it's the media, whether it's kids growing up, the the incentives of of getting feedback from friends, from family, from fans in in the moment. It's very hard to I, I can't even imagine growing up in a in a society where you are living in public and and you have in your mind the potential of is this the thing that's going to make me famous or special? And, and you're doing it on Instagram, you're doing on all these platforms that, that have that ability. And, yeah. then you,
4: and then you're also doing it with all these, the, the normal pressures that you have with being a kid and right. being at school and dealing with things. And then and even with when it comes to, to bullying, and the, the, again, the normal things that you would just go through in elementary school and junior high and high school, there's not an off switch anymore because of these platforms. You go home, you're, you're still dealing with it online through DMs yeah. to other people, tweeting and TikTok and sharing your post. It never goes away. So we have an entire culture that's sick right now. And again, when we talk about things like school shootings, this is part of the reason we've created a culture that is completely completely ill and, and needs a little bit of reformation. We've taken God out of people's lives. Amen. We've taken the meaning out of people's lives by devaluing the family structure and, and what role families should play in our lives. And all of it has an impact, and it's all playing out in these really weird ways as we sit here and scratch our heads trying to figure out what's going on because we're too afraid, not us, but in general, people are afraid to address the real issues. Yeah,
5: yeah
3: well, I think another massive problem is just how much we have forgotten what nature is in and of itself. So wealth allows you to insulate yourself from nature. And it's also allowed us to insulate ourselves from our own nature, we think of it as something external, that's nature, it's out there. But you're a human being, you also have a nature to you. And so not only do we not know how to combat the threats that exist in the outside world we've insulated ourselves from, we have actually forgotten how to combat the elements of our own nature that are nefarious.
1: You know, I'm reminded of that uh, scene in the movie Snatch. You guys ever see that one yeah. with... Um, Brad Pitt. Uh, Brad Pitt's in it. Uh, who else is in it? Jason Statham's in it. There's a lot of people that are in it. And there's that scene where Jason Statham is, Statham is with his buddy. And then his buddy says, like, you can't drink milk. Cause it's out of sync with evolution. And he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, humans didn't evolve to drink milk. They adopted it later. So it's not properly attuned to, like, our bodies and digestion. You shouldn't drink it. And I'm thinking about that as it pertains to modern social media. Humans, this technology is out of sync with evolution. Humans mm-hmm. survived by being certain ways, mm-hmm. like community, family, things like that. We certainly want to do away with bad things and, and, and keep uh, hold on to the good things and the good ideas. But now we have this machine that is feeding us a feedback loop of dopamine hits and other psychotic garbage, and it's making young people literally go insane.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm. and I and I have to say I think you know it, it's been a problem longer than this, but COVID made it worse. Uh, yeah. I, I think yeah. that the the after effects of COVID. I've got this this theory, this column I'm I'm thinking about, which is that basically COVID explains everything over the last couple of years. I think you know whether it's January sixth or anything. i like I think that there's so much of of what is the is the after effect of those insane year and a half, two years. I mean, in some ke- people's cases, the people that I know. It it remains to this day that it will have permanent damage on yeah. on our culture. That in ways that I don't think we even fully comprehend. That that in, in disrupting the nature of what we were supposed to be doing, of what we're supposed to, of how we're supposed to live, and yet we all went along with this for you know some people longer than others.
1: I I think the disintegration of the family may be the the, the like the worst apocalyptic scenario. People don't realize. Of course. When we, we talk about, oh, zombies, meteor strikes, World War Three it's like, dude, f- families breaking up could be worse than all of those things.
3: No, it is because the family is the most foundational building block of any social structure.
1: It's all built atop the family. If I, 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 I feel like because there's no communal family structure, mm-hmm. you end up with rampant crime. My yep. neighbor doesn't know me, doesn't care about me. I am meaningless to their existence. So why not exploit that? You end up with crime going crazy in these cities. Yeah, exactly. Well, part of the
3: beauty of family and part of the beauty again of what is built into us what is built into our own nature is the people closest to us are people we are literally biologically hardwired to want to fight for and protect in a way that we are not strangers you can have a very good-hearted police officer who genuinely cares about you and who's even well trained he is not going to have the same internal motivations to fight for you the way that your brother or your father will and what we've attempted to do because we've forgotten our nature is try to universalize the protection of one another well we'll just big build a great big system that does it and we won't have to rely on these connections it doesn't work i'm not saying that having a legal system doesn't work that having police departments doesn't work but what I I am saying is the thing that works the best is f- the family in the family unit and we've tried to outsource so much of what it does best that we're just failing at all of those things and now people don't even end up you know having families anymore or close connections to them because they believe they can rely on these institutions instead and they don't end up getting the same results
2: i I would just say i not to be all glass half full which i i do get into occasionally of being maybe too optimistic about this stuff but i do think conversations like this are encouraging and the fact that these conversations are successful Mm -hmm. on platforms that people may be finding other junk food and yet can have, can have real deep conversations. Can be part of a community, even if it's a digital one. Can, can is actually a sign. And again, I know we started with Tucker Carlson, the demise of Fox News. It's another sign that corporate media is junk, yeah. and that conversations like this are going to win out and and actually connect with people in ways that it should. The, these are the
1: kinds of con- you know connections that people should be having. Have you guys ever seen a, a Bronx Tale no. No. movie? I've never seen it. You have seen it, but someone posted a clip on Twitter today. And I watched it. I've not, I've not seen the movie. But this clip was incredible. It's I think the movie is basically about like uh, Italian mafia in the, what, like the 40s or something? I don't uh, know. I think so. What is it? 30s. Uh, 30s. And so what happens is this guy is eating dinner with this kid. He's taking, this is the mob boss. And a bunch of bikers roll up to this bar and they're being loud. He walks he, he walks over to check out what's going on. And the the like the owner is arguing with these bikers saying, you're not dressed properly. You can't be in here. And then the, the leader of the biker gang looks at the mob boss and he's like, look, man, we just want a couple beers and we'll be out of your, we'll be out of our way. And he goes, spoken like a gentleman. Give these men, give these men their beers. And I was like, look at that. That's like honorable. Then they immediately shake the beers up and spray the bartender. And then he walks in and says, okay, now that was wrong. You need to leave. And then the guy, the, 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 the bike, the biker guy says like, I'll, I'll tell you when the F I'm leaving. So the mob box walk, walks over to the door and then locks it and he turns around and he goes, now nah, you just can't leave and then the, the, the door opens and the guys come in and start just like beating the crap out of the, the bikers. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of how they mercilessly beat these guys, but it got me thinking about how we used to handle things. Mm-hmm. If some dudes showed up not dressed properly and were kind of loud and obnoxious, but we're acting like gentlemen, we are like, the beer's on, by all means, have a beer. We're, we're, we're here to get along, you were nice to me, have a nice day. But then when you cross that line, we say no to that. I was thinking about that because what do we have now? I'm watching a video of a woman in a shopping in, in like a Target or whatever, just like beating some woman as they're like stealing stuff and everyone's just standing there filming or running away. And I'm like, man, what a contrast to that scene from a Bronx tale where they're like, we'll be nice to you if you're nice to us. But if you cross the line, we're going to drag you out of here by your hair and then tell you to leave, knock your bikes over. I mean, the scene's amazing, Yeah. but it's very, very different these days, isn't it? Where we We let criminals run rampant. Everyone's too scared to get involved, and I think maybe it's it's kind of obvious. to A lot of people, the government will arrest you.
4: Yes, if
1: you try to defend yourself. Or nowadays, from crime. you might
4: get shot in the ass. Well, yeah, you might yeah. get shot. I mean, it's I'm not jumping in a fight. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I am i would not be the one that's standing there recording. But I mean, you you literally have to. And, it, and it's sad that we're here, but you have to think twice before you intervene in certain conflicts, especially if you're in an area like New York where you're trying to protect your store. From somebody who was robbing you with a weapon and you shoot him and you're the one that gets arrested.
3: Exactly. And so this brings us to a point where it's not just that we lack civility. It's that our social institutions are actively anti-civility. When you do something to try to protect and uphold the social order by preventing crime, you get in
4: trouble for that. Yep. Yep. And, well, and, and to, that's wasn't that kind of a core tenet, though, of like this modern progressivism is, is yep. the idea of deconstruction. Yep, they want to deconstruct America, deconstruct these systems that have been established, but there's no indication of anything that they're supposed to replace it with. Yeah. Well,
3: I, I've said this before, and I won't launch into my my whole explanation for why I put it this way, but leftism is social decay. That's what it is. I mean, w- societies break down because things tend to over time. We're a fallen species, and leftism is the ideological rationalization we give to our abdication to a our institutions the
4: chaos is the point Mm -hmm.
1: all right let's go to super chats if you haven't already would you kindly smash that like button subscribe to this channel share the show with your friends head over to timcast.com and click join us so that you can watch the members only uncensored portion of the show we got a crazy story for you guys in the uncensored portion about a lawmaker who wants to remove certain language from a law that protects children and i'm gonna keep it family friendly but uh Yeah, it's not going to be so family-friendly in the uncensored portion of the show. But let's read those super chats. We got S.A. Federale who says, Tim, last night Max was Max Reddick, whose super chat you read before mine. He cast shade on Crowder who did nothing wrong. I see a super chat like that and I'm going to push back. We need people like Stephen and you. Thanks for giving airtime to Dylan Radigan. That that rant from Dylan Radigan was epic. You you know that one from back in the day? No, I, I love Dylan though. Uh, Where I, he's I, like the Democrats are just kicking the can down the road. Republicans are burning it down while the country is being extracted. <laughs> he's like they are taking ten trillion dollars and sending it overseas. And did he say this on MSNBC? Yeah, or, yeah, oh, yeah. That's, yep. that's yep.
2: awesome. I, Dylan was was one of my favorite people that I worked with back. I mean, I didn't work with him, but I was a me- media reporter. Super smart guy. Ended up getting involved. I think in uh with marijuana uh, hydroponics and, yeah. and farming yeah uh um, yeah really
1: interesting dude yeah he's cool dude I don't know where he's at these days no you know I don't know I think I still follow him on Twitter yeah Raymond G Stanley Jr. says Biden's brain is broken and strained a great unifier treating half the country with disdain billions to Ukraine he were uh, his words equal a migraine if he's to remain we'll see him grab his chest in pain FJB there you go a little rat Wendy Kasker says, "Longtime member. Keep on keeping on. Really appreciate the super chat. Grofty says, buck, buck, buck. We're a big fan of the chickens. Thank you very much. All right, what do we got here?
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Doug Ripley says, sorry if I asked the last two nights, but what do you think Fox does next? Logically, Waters to eight, McCallum back to seven. If given it, uh, given into the spirit of the age, Jenner.
2: <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner. That's funny. Uh, I got to say, well, I mean, I, I, Jesse Waters back to eight makes sense. Uh, I would not put Martha McCallum back to seven. I think you got to do another another opinion person there at seven. And uh, who will it be? I don't know. I mean, I, I will have to say a shout out to my friend, Will Kane, who I think is great. Um, will is uh, he's a f- frequent fill-in for Tucker, and I think he does a good job. Maybe a little bit more in the Tucker camp than they would like, so I don't know if that's the direction they go. And you got Brian Comey holding it down, not doing so well on the ratings, but uh, he's around.
1: <laughs> Right on. All right, Rack Brass says, "Is Steve related to author John Krakauer?" I've got, I've gotten that a bunch. No, uh, same last
2: name, which is a weird last name, but uh, no, love
1: into the wild, but not related. Justin Ann Pias says, "Ian is going to leave you for Alex Stein's show." <laughs> I think he already did. I think that's literally where he is right now. In Texas, he said he's never coming back. Yeah, he said uh, Adrian is the new Ian. Get it a in. No, I know Ian. people in, in
3: chat even like, dude, I like Ian's shiny new hat
1: and stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. Doug Ripley says, Tim, heard from a little birdie Steve Deese gave you a screener of Nefarious when he did IRL. Have you seen it? One of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Should be PG thirteen, not R. Get Well Soon, Steve. Um uh people here watched it. And Seamus is like, we gotta go see it. I, yeah, I, I heard. It.
3: I heard it was really good.
1: I've heard good things. I've heard really good, good things, actually. So, uh, but yeah, I think we should go see it. It's, it. We'll figure it out. Yeah, dude, let's do it. All right, let's grab another one. Charlie Char Dietz says tonight's views on Fox will be lower because many didn't know Tucker was gone until they tuned in last night. That's right. Mm. So the ratings will be even lower tonight. Yeah, oh my God. I, be interesting. I, it's
2: going to it's going to drop down before it gets back up again. I mean, oh. I think that, you know, Monday's ratings weren't terrible, but I think that's because everyone expected Tucker to be there. Right. And exactly. So, yeah, and now now they're. Oh, now they're man, the
1: key demo views are going to be like 50. It, it's Oof. it's
2: going to be bad. I, look, this was it was really bad for them in November 2020. It bounced back up, but partially because of Tucker. I, I, I don't right. know what helps them back up. It's crazy it's self-inflicted wound. Yeah
1: guardsman says even with no current job tucker carlson carlson is still competing in the same time slot (laughs) yep and getting more views uh good for him good troll twitter network can't slow that man down (laughs) sean McWilliam says tucker invite to timcast irl that is a no-brainer we have already reached out to tucker's team and said uh we would love to have tucker on the show be fantastic um we'll see what happens you know we've invited lots of people on the show you know they don't come on the show what are you going to do Elon's been invited several times it is what it is all right let's grab another super chat SA Federale says down with the monarchy go with schedule F Trump 20 infinity (laughs) Kames O'Jeef says CSS glitch was perfect opportunity for we need a complete and total shutdown of the post millennial until we figure out what the hell is going on (laughs) uh oh Libby (laughs) CSS error on one of your articles you know, know what?
3: Leave Libby alone. Okay, it's not her fault.
1: I love I love that though. It's like i we 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 read a lot of post millennial, so there'll be something, and I'll be like, you can't say that, and then they'll go and change it. Like, you know, he's right. We can't say. There was one where they called uh, child sex changes gender affirming care, and I was uh, like, what are you guys doing? It's like, and they're like, you're right. Actually, here's what I said: the right will say child genital mutilation, mm-hmm. the left will say gender affirming care, and I'm like, I don't need to use any hyperbolic language. Child sex change operation. Yeah, literally what it is. That's it, you know. But I understand why the right wants to use the terminology they do, and I totally understand why the left is trying to use their terminology. Everyone's trying to win a political battle.
3: Well, yeah, because you can't actually change sex. Like your biological sex can't be changed. You can but don't it's, mutilate a, your it's genitals.
1: It's like I actually. Th- so I think if conservatives go to a regular person and say they're mutilating children's genitals, th- that person will reject that notion and say, "No, you're crazy." Yeah. If you say child sex change, they'll be like, "What?" It's a. It's a. It's a more neutral. It's like the literal academic term for what it is. I, and
2: plus, if you put you put child before anything, it's going to get people's attention. I mean, I think that's pro- honestly why the issue be, has become such a hot button issue and, and a winning issue for the right is because it went from
1: sex change operation to child sex change. Well, to I, I, affirming I, 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 care. Yeah. Yeah. There's a funny meme from 4chan where this person said when they were a kid, they loved the movie Predator. So they, so being young and wanting to play on, play video games online, they made their user tag, the child predator, and then started trying to add their friends and it like nobody would respond. (laughs) Yeah. It's a funny meme. Christopher Fisher says, I keep hearing you talk about crypto and blockchain. Have you considered, have uh, considered to bring on Charles Hoskinson, founder of Cardano and co-founder of Ethereum? He was asked recently in his podcast, if he would go on your show and he said he would, if he was invited, I think we invited him a long time ago directly. And then I don't know what happened. So I don't know. I don't, st- I don't do booking. Cassandra does.
3: I thought he was going to I talk
1: I, about crypto a lot. Are you going to start TimCoin? I'd love yeah, to never. buy in. Never. Agamemnon's Jim Bag says, Bud, keep in mind that the upcoming Bud earnings report is for quarter one. The protest was in quarter two. So the effects won't show in this report. Don't let them gaslight you and say the boycott isn't working. That's right. We can already see that it is. Mojave 26 says, will Tucker Carlson becoming independent help him to reach more undecided voters and hopefully convince them to vote conservative? Maybe,
2: maybe not. It's a good question. I mean, I, I it, Fox News is, is a giant platform, but Tucker has enough avenues to reach people that it's, it's not gonna have a problem. If he can work out the deal, which obviously is, is up in the air every day, it feels like something else is happening. Obviously no one thought he'd be able to put a video out tonight based on his contract clearly that's not a violation of his contract so he didn't say anything though right he, he just he was very careful uh he didn't say anything about why he left but if he can actually get his voice out sooner than later i don't think he's having a problem convincing anyone of anything
1: i just want to point out that luke has been spamming the chat just ragging on seamus uh, i know non-stop. he's such
2: a little
1: baby
3: every <laughs> single time i'm on the show i can look i can always count on him to
1: watch me appreciate it luke Matthew Schneider says, since people are boycotting Anheuser-Busch, wouldn't it also be helpful to boycott or protest Busch Gardens in Williamsburg, Virginia and Tampa, Florida? I'm sure they're making tons of money from their amusement parks. I don't know if we need to protest. It sounds like work. This is the easiest culture war battle ever because it's literally just buy a different
2: beer. Yeah, not doing something. Yeah. You're
1: not doing do anything. Just like yeah. go, when you go to the store, get Coors instead of Bud and then you win. <laughs> it's easy. There we go infernal saxon says run roberto jr on the democratic ticket so um for cast brew coffee we uh i i i want to be careful what i say i think i think we've uh sold way more than we expected i'll put it that way of roberto jr's rise with roberto jr breakfast Mm -hmm. blend and it's because everyone's just they love Roberto Jr. He's our he's our rooster. Okay. And we raised him. He's Roberto's son, you know, and he sure. some people say he's on a throne he did not build. Wow. Yeah, very strong words. But that uh harsh. that that one is selling like hot cakes. So we're uh, we officially put in the order. We've got the uh decaf is currently underway. Sleepy Joe.
2: <laughs> I love uh, that. <laughs>
1: Sleepy Joe is our is our decaf blend, it's a dark roast. And then I think we're doing unwoke is the decaf light roast. Makes yeah. sense. That's right. And it was from uh, Joe. our, our Discord good... members helped with those names. So Sleepy Joe, that's a really good that name. That is a Smart, very, so good. very good name for decaf, to be honest. Sleepy Joe. There,
3: I don't think there is a single better name for a political decaf brand
1: of coffee. <laughs> like, I, I don't think you could come up with Sleepy one. Sleepy Joe.
5: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, and then we have Stand Your Grounds. Oh, to, man. I think that one's a medium roast. And it has got Roberto Jr. on it. He's a little picture of him and he's yelling he's roberto jane's a good dude you know
4: he's got an era 15.
1: <laughs> nope nope just as uh, just as look what makes the rooster noble is that mm-hmm. without weapons they will run full speed to their deaths to save their hens it's based so when like a predator shows up the rooster will charge it knowing it will die if it gives the hens a few moments to, to flee and get to safety and everybody's always ragging on chickens like they're scared it's like you kidding roosters are brave man and this is, it's, it is crazy to me because anybody who has chickens knows roosters will attack you. Yeah. They're not, they're not scared at all. They're, uh. they're kind of stupid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't come at me, bro. they principled.
2: I mean, that maybe this is a good, yeah, exactly. like, uh, symbol for our, our discussion about our culture. We it to used be the to be. Yeah. Like, it used to be considered
1: a powerful, noble, holy symbol. <laughs> right. The chicken and the, you know, the rooster. And roosters were on, like, a lot of, uh, it was a lot of flags and iconography were roosters. And that's why I'm like, we're taking rooster back, baby. <laughs> but think about, human males fleeing in these videos like a woman is getting beaten in a target and the guy's like i don't want to be involved then you look at a rooster and it's like i might die but i'm going to try and save my my hens and then it runs full speed into a fox's mouth the, it's like wow the chad rooster yeah
3: the, 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 the
1: soyjack human I'm sorry
2: <laughs> i gotta stop don't need i goats. have a problem we don't need goats we don't need uh donkeys or okay. we just need the roosters
1: roosters are legit man and chickens are funny too they do their thing they give us eggs they're good stuff Principal Paladin of the Great Pope Tato says the followers of the Bert, of Bert the Craven are worshipping a false idol. Seamus is prophesied to lead us to glory in the Church of the Sacred Spud. Pass listen. basket. This is just... Listen. You gotta get the Discord.
3: Oh, is this what they're going on about? Yeah. Is this what they're... Listen, um, I don't like the potato labels. They're very offensive to me. And I've told you guys before, but I just... I think the more I tell you, the more you do it. So I'm just going to have to embrace it. I love the potato
1: table. says, Seamus, does Luke's chair smell like Trump derangement syndrome? Oh, (laughs) uh,
3: it smells way grosser than that. Yeah. I got to tell you about Luke. We'd get a
1: super chat and they would be like, that one time Trump saved that box of puppies from the fire was great. And Trump would be like, but we don't know if he didn't put them in there. Maybe he put those puppies (laughs) in the fire. And you know, the report, I'm I'm just kidding, Luke.
3: (laughs) No, we're not. He's at home going, we're making fun of you for real. By the way, by the way. Luke, my name he is say? going to be placed under this chair. We, he, going he, to be drawn we Are here. Change
1: says, Luke Gang Strong, puking potato man weak. Wait, did he say
3: Luke Gang Strong? Bro, are you one of your own fans? You can't... <laughs> oh, I get it. He forgot to switch from his sock puppet account. And he accidentally Uh-oh. posted it from We Are
1: Change. How embarrassing. All right, ADP says, the problem, BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard own everything. They want ESG perversion. Fox loses 50% of its viewers, but gains 50% more adverts from Nike, J&J, Unilever, etc. How do you overcome that? You just got to keep doing what you're doing. Because those those adverts don't mean anything if nobody's buying those products. The circulation won't be there. So just got to keep on keeping on. Keep it up. What do we got? Reno, uh, Renovation says, sounds like Tucker might house debates. Might be wrong, but think on it. Maybe. Who knows what it'll do. If they have debates. They got to have, them. yeah, they got to get Trump to agree. Tuesday's Child says, for Steve Krakauer, do you think Megan would moderate a debate on her show? For sure. We'd love to. Yeah, I mean, like
2: I think uh, Megan's moderated debates before, and yeah. uh, she's, most she, notably
1: with the Trump uh, when he, moment. When, right when he called Roger Donald a fat pig, right? Yes, yes. And then, <laughs>
2: and then after that, you know, had a grudge against Megan for, for right. months after that, and caused yep. a whole bunch of stuff. So, uh, yes, no, she's uh, she's fantastic. She's I think great, she's, though. She's a fantastic debate moderator, and uh, she'd love to do it again. I'm sure we'd we'll, we'll love to do that.
1: Right on. Let's grab some more. Did I read this one? Essay uh, Federale says, "Working class drinker here, speaking for us." I loved a Bush latte, a Bush light, until this B came out saying, Miller High Life is the champagne of beers now. That was a was a period there, and I didn't say the entirety of the super chat. All right, what, what do we got? Track Media only says one of the greatest things the left has done up to this point was convince the right they didn't boycott. Mm-hmm. Is that what they're like? convincing the right not to boycott. Well, so
3: what happens every single time conservatives say anything bothers them, they go, the left goes, I thought you were against cancel culture. As if being against cancel culture means you're never upset about anything that happens anywhere for any reason.
1: And you'll you'll buy any product from anyone. (laughs) Exactly. So it's like a guy who's, you know, literally in prison for for killing someone and you're like <laughs> he's like there's no problem here exactly i'll Did hire him to go to my preschool
3: the judge sentences him and the guy's like i thought you were against cancel culture bro <laughs> like, okay. but that's
2: also the distinction like i i there might be people who want bud light to get shut down but i don't think that's what a lot of the people who are boycotting bud light feel i think they're just saying i'm not buying that i'm not going to support that and if we get enough people to do that they're going to lose money and they're you know that's going to affect what they do i
1: i, I do think it may not actually be the boycott that's I think the boycott may be much smaller than we realize. And what's really driving this is that middle-aged dudes don't want to look gay. Yeah. And I mean that Well, that is a kind I mean of boycott. That in a literal sense. But yeah. that is a boycott. Right. I mean it in a literal sense, like they they associate Bud Light with LGBTQ and they don't want to be perceived that way. In this moment, yeah. So it they're is. just like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to buy that. People right. are going to think things about me. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, if you don't like Bud Light enough, like if, if there's the, the alternatives are okay enough for you, then you're, you're going to be fine to just find an alternative in the mm-hmm. short term.
1: Aaron Cowell says, check out Edgar Watches. Aside from good product, they make specific and directed anti-woke ads. I saw that. That looks pretty cool. Edgar Edgard Watches. There's a viral video. They had an ad, I guess. It was like very anti-woke. What do we got? Korick says, Tim, they recently adopted, saying they are for America, America and the Betsy Ross flag is no longer racist. Who? Bud Or Bud, Bud What are you talking about? No idea. Grovdi says, fortunate son is badass. That is correct. Fortunate son is badass. Alexander Scarpeggi says, Tucker Carlson's ex-producer sounds like someone the Biden admin would hire. That's my question. Like, what's the vetting process at Fox News? But this is what people don't realize. Fox News employees are liberals. Yep. They live in New York City. Yep, They are not conservatives.
2: Yeah. I, I In the book, I, I track. You could spend about an hour and a half and hit the headquarters of Fox News, which is across the street from the headquarters of NBC, CNN, CBS, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. It's all in a very like 20 block radius. It's, and, and Fox News, you know, they, yes, they cater to a different audience, yep. but they're right in that same area. It's, it's, yeah. it's not as, as different as people think.
1: Not Heisenberg says, tell us about
4: the black sheep hat, please. Uh, I got a buckle. I don't know. I saw, I saw it online. I thought it was a cool hat. There's no story uh, behind it. I wish I had a cool story, but uh, yeah, I just love the hat. And it was there cool you go. Design it's cool. and spent the 50 it's bucks. Shiny.
3: It is shiny. I do like how shiny it is.
1: Roger Page <laughs> says, I have to strongly disagree with Tim on kids, not wanting to be like others. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say that. You see what you did there? When kids play house, they want to be like their parents. When kids play pretend, they want to be like someone else, maybe even a non-existent ideal. I never said we have to ask ourselves why kids want to to be like someone else. I'm saying why they so desperately want to be someone other than themselves. Mm. It is a fact that people want to be like other people, but they are themselves. They're like, I'm me. This is what I look like. And if you want to be like someone else, you exercise, you get fit, you practice, you train and you make yourself better. I'm specifically talking about people who don't even want to be in their own bodies. They want to be in video games. They want to be in avatars or they want to be a different race or gender or something. Not what they literally are. But, uh, But I do agree with your assessment. I just think you misinterpreted mine. I think kids absolutely imitate and want to be like other people still themselves, though. Okay, let's grab some more Super Chats over here. What do we got? Ooh, read that one. Read that one, read that one. Um, Oh, I went too far back. Went too far back. It jumps, you know, because, like, Super chats will will all come flying. Uh, Bobcat says, Tim, I'm glad to see you giving a job to a failed artist like Seamus. Have you thought about (laughs) heading up to the Rod of Iron Freedom Festival? I was really concerned when, uh, you know, Seamus, an art student, and uh, where he might go if he didn't have proper support and uh, he may end up working for the Democrats. So
3: yeah, no, that's exactly it. I was about to start commie Tunes. and then right. Tim came along, and he said, "You don't have to live that life." Shame. I
1: will, I will, I will voice Dr. Fauci to save your company.
3: That's what happened. Yes. Yep.
1: The Freedom Tunes
3: is funded because Tim pays me to voice Dr. Fauci. That's where we get all of our. <sighs> no, money. no, no, no. It was at, says, I want, it was voice failing
1: until I voiced Dr. Fauci in a, in a masterpiece. <laughs>
3: it's true of the Lord of the Rings bit. I won't deny it. It's where... true.
4: It's your best work.
1: The, the the Lord of the Rings one? Yeah, it was an incredible video. We were we wrapped up a show and then I can't remember exactly what it was. We were just riffing and saying stupid things, and you said
3: I was dead the strength the day the strength of Trump failed, and I was yeah. cracking on <laughs> we did this whole improv thing. Dude, the, the original Straying improv we failed. did was, lo- was way longer than the video. I mean, it must have been like ten minutes long. Cause then like yeah. I came in. I read the script. You read the script explaining it as um The day the strength of Trump failed failed. and then I was like Trump giving his testimony and I was basically like retelling the Lion King and like Trump is Mufasa and Fauci is Scar. Um, (laughs) And then we did
1: a really offensive one that you said you would never upload. Oh my gosh,
3: we I feel like we did more than one. There's one we definitely did a very offensive one. We that's did a one Fauci
1: one. No, no yeah, just, yeah. So Fauci is in, uh, in Hollywood. Okay. And someone. Comes oh my in.
3: gosh, that's one. There
1: we've done. He's basically a Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, yeah. Right, there, there, sure.
3: there's, there's a few. It's like if you want to get a job in this town, yeah, 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 you gotta yeah, let me yeah.
1: stick it in. <laughs>
3: uh, there were there was a couple that <laughs> we, we never recorded. ran that one. No, I was like I'm never. I was like I'm not making that. I was like <laughs> there's no way. There's You're no way.
2: Well, say it because i can't get enough fauci I, I mean he is not going to go away and and the the tide is kind of turning on him now i, th- I feel like with enough people that it's only going to get better i mean I, I want more dr fauci
3: i do have to say the fauci one i did uh blaming a bat that tim also reprised his fauci voice in it was one of our oh, that was good. When we bat, were everyone when on the team i said we were all very happy with that one and how it turned out when the bat so, goes <laughs> 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 Yeah, it was uh mocking making a making a murderer or whatever. It was just like all of those crime shows. Blaming you guys have bat. to check it out. Just go to Freedom Tunes and check out the the, the uh lab league
1: cartoon we did with Fauci. It's blaming a bat. Yeah. Oh man, the Fauci one. I really do think Seamus should have put it up, but Seamus was like, it's too it's too grotesque. That's right. And it was like I have standards too yeah. Who
2: were you. we worried about offending? Fauci or Harvey Weinstein?
3: No, I just I usually just don't get like too blue with the right, humor. Right. I don't get okay. sexual. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was pretty awful. Yeah. All right, where were we at? James Madison's go says, "Did you hear that?" Trans Minnesota Rep introduced Bill HF one six five five to remove. All right, we're going to read it to remove pedos as an exclusion to the protected class of sexual orientation. We will. Uh, we will go into detail on that because it's a kind of a freaky story and not very family friendly. Over at TimCast.com in the Uncensored Members Only show. So that'll be on the front page of TimCast.com at about uh, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern. You'll want to be a member to watch that, and um, we'll take some calls from the audience. But let's read some more. Ted Thornton says, Indoctrinate your kids with truths as soon as possible when they are when they are a sponge. The more of us that do this, the more likely it spreads through friend groups to ca- and counter to public education. Kids understand more than we think. Mm. I agree. Kids are smart. It's always weird that I would, people people would say like, kids are so dumb. They're not. They're actually really smart. They just lack information. So the difference between not being smart and lacking information. There's a lot of people who are very, very smart, but lack information. And you'll be like, I can't believe you didn't know this, but they're really good at like math mm. and solving problems and things like that.
3: Yeah, like their their brains aren't fully formed to the point where they can really make logical decisions or work their way through things, but they remember things in, in such an incredible manner.
2: Yeah. They start going down that road of logic, though, I have to say. Like, yeah. the, the things that seem illogical now in our politics, like, I, I have a six-year-old. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it, like, you know, even if you start to scratch the surface, it's like, wait, why? What do what you? And, yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, that's actually a good
1: point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Roberto Jr. is the second best junior. Um, he's the first best junior. Where are we at? Jeremy Wien says, someone needs to make that picture a rooster facing a predator. We have a flag. It's a it's a like it's, it's a stand your ground flag, yeah. and it's Roberto Jr. Rooster like standing tall with his wings out. The
3: the yeah. rooster has to be protecting kids from a drag queen story hour. <laughs> the rooster's <laughs> like in between the kids.
1: <laughs> I kind of just like the idea that he's protecting the chickens from a snake or something. He, he could just is.
3: be go. Gore- he could go around. Prote- he he has to protect children because human men won't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. He runs into danger. That's what he does. Uh, Kamala Nora says women want real men. I only see real men on your show. Tucker will do fine. AB is done because real men say so. Say so. Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Scott Dietrich says Bush Gardens is not associated with Anheuser-Busch as of a few years ago. They are separate companies.
4: hmm
1: Well, there you go. What do we have? The Bell Belch says the Brent Mason Telly is the Tucker Carlson of Timcast to bring it back. It's just right there. It's like it's over on that side. And then I have the uh, Harmony silhouette behind me. Everybody likes the Brent Mason, I guess. I like the colors, but I play the silhouette more, so it's a good guitar. Where are we at? Roger Page says, that was a good response. Thank you, Tim. Well, thank you for your super chat. What is this? Michael TB says, amusement parks only thing wholly owned by Anheuser-Busch. So Busch Gardens is different, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. Mac Rabbit says in the Hispanic culture they call the dad new father's El Gallo pronounced Gallo rooster. That's right. El Gallo means the rooster. Buck. Derek Manson says potato boy versus funky last name t-shirt guy feud of the century. <laughs> That's right.
3: I can accept those names. We funky a, last name t-shirt boy. He's so jealous.
1: He's so, we, so jealous. We we got That's a Polish sad. a Polish uh, rooster. Polish ma- rooster. Ma- mail order in an egg, and then you incubate him. And when he hatched He's, uh, it's, yeah, it's Polish rooster. Okay. So he has a cool haircut where his hair comes out and it parts down the middle and he's blonde and he's got a big nose and Luke was here and he was like, he's like, Hey, he looks, he looks like, you know, he looks just like me. He's got a big, he's Polish. He's got a big nose. And we were like, so we named him little Luke. Okay. <laughs> and now I tell people, not only does he have the parted hair and a big nose, but he screams a lot.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, does he stick up out. for the chickens? Does he, uh, protect well, them? He
1: actually, he actually is separated because the, the Polish ro- chickens and roosters have domed heads. So you, you don't want to mix them because if they peck each other they'll die. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. It'll give them a concussion and then. Oh yeah. And then they eat the body, because oh chickens God. are brutal. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> they are brutal animals, honestly. Yeah. Raymond G Stanley Jr. says Tim Harumph I say it's a poem, not a rap, amigo. Oh well, there you go. You know I read your poem. I read your poem. Vanity says started a YouTube channel talking politics from blue collar. When I get the play button, will you do a kickflip on it, Tim? First super chat, by the way. You're gonna send me your 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 uh, button. And you want me to kickflip on? You know what we could do is we could. I have a, I have a, a bunch of those golden play awards from YouTube. I think we have like five, and uh, we use one of them as a as a to prop the window open. We just like stick it in the window, and it's you know. But we could we could mount it to some some trucks and skateboard on it. That'd be funny.
2: Do you get that at a, at a million? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're so, nearing that at the Megyn Kelly show. I have to say. We got
1: like one on the floor. That that's the one we used to prop up the wind Prop open the window. Yeah, because it's just. It is kind of funny. I'm sure there are people out there that are like, I wish I had one of those. And it's like, yeah, but a million used to be something bigger than it is now. Cause there was a period where it was really, really hard. Now there's like a million channels of the millions. Like everybody's got one. You know, and then people buy fake ones or whatever. You know what? Calm down, Tim. Okay. A million's an accomplishment. <laughs> well, yeah, no, for sure. I mean we have a bunch of them. Too.
3: Oh, I'm Tim. I'm too cool to think having a million's. We got this right cool. here. Look at this one. Oh, my
1: channel's big. See this? Uh, this is heavy. The yeah. rumble, the rumble award, but I just gotta say to the rumble guys, it says Timcast IRL five hundred thousand followers. We we don't have five hundred thousand followers on rumble. <laughs> wow, hold on, the, let me see what you have on rumble right It's now. like three seventy-five or four hundred or something. You don't deserve a one the, of them. But the actual account has like a million or something.
3: You have three hundred eighty-seven thousand, yeah, yeah, and then true.
1: the you the do. multiple channels on it. Add up to like eight hundred or nine hundred thousand or something like that. I think that's why they sent it, but they just put instead of putting Tim. I think Tim Castirell might be the account name. So if you look at the channel, it just says three hundred or whatever. But the but I guess on Rumble, one account has multiple channels, and the followers count towards the one account or something. But this is cool. Right. This is super heavy. That's like good. you could hurt somebody with this thing. Anyway, Rumble's throwing them. That was of money, you know. Crowder, Russell Brand. It's kind of oh yeah, interesting. yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And but more importantly is the the skateboarding stuff they're doing in video games. They're oh, yeah? they're they're getting outside of politics, yeah. Alright everybody, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and head over to timcast.com, click join us, become a member. We're going to have a very unfamily friendly, uncensored show coming up for you at about 10:10 10, 10 p.m. So uh, you're gonna, you're not gonna want to miss this one unless you don't like hearing about weird, gross things and law. And uh, but this one's a serious, uh, serious uh, uh, show. If you become a member at least twenty five dollars per month, or if you're a member for at least six months, you can actually call into the show. So sign up. We'd love to see you in the Discord. You can follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me personally at Timcast. Steve, you want to shout anything out?
2: Yeah. So Uncovered is my book. ReadUncovered.com, readuncovered.com to find it. It doesn't just look at what happened the last seven years, but why it happened, how it happened. Be prepared for when it happens again. To kind of give you the tools to do that. Right on. My name is
3: Seamus Coglin. I make cartoons at a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes. If you guys want to go over there, check them out. We're releasing a cartoon tomorrow on the whole Tucker Carlson debacle. I also have a podcast and live stream at the, chain, uh, the channel Shamer on Rumble. So that's rumble.com slash shamer if you all want to go check that out.
4: Word. Adrian Norman, staff writer here at TimCast. Uh, you can find me here on social media. I'm at Adrian Norman DC uh, On Rumble, it's actually just Adrian Norman as well as Truth Social and YouTube.
1: And I am Serge.com. It was a good show tonight. Thanks, guys. We will see you all over at TimCast.com in about 10 minutes. Don't miss it. We'll see y'all there.